Hey everyone, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends usually recap romance novels while joking, loving, and snorting. Before we get to today's special episode, we've got a Patreon shout out. Sarah B., you are Talia, one of the graces and the Greek goddess of festivity and banquets. You have a warm, enthusiastic personality and a smile that can light up any room. While not in the mood to entertain all the time, you still use your welcoming effervescence to put anyone you come in contact with at ease. You have a deep well of love, and your friends really appreciate the way you tailor your affection to suit each and every one of them individually. And now, we've got a super special episode. I'm so stoked about this. Recently, Aaron was a guest on the Cigarette Burns podcast with longtime friend and cult favorite, Cole. We've got their recap of rom-com classic, The Cutting Edge. Get stoked! So the first thing I have to talk to you about is John Voight. Okay. Anaconda, hands down, the best John Voight performance. No questions. It's not even like a discussion. And I know you guys kind of like glossed over like, oh, he was also in Anaconda. Like that man made a choice that when he was thrown up by a snake, he was going to wink at the camera on the way to falling down. They covered him in goop and he winked. We didn't say he wasn't good in Anaconda. Everyone was good in Anaconda. <laughs> it's a flawless movie. <laughs> it's a flawless movie. But he, he's part of Anaconda, but he's also sharing time with like all stars like J-Lo. Yeah, Morris Chestnut, just, I believe. He, he's just right? kicking the shit out of James Vanderbeek for two hours in Varsity Blues. Uh-huh, yeah. But in Anaconda, like it, it gives him room to breathe. That performance, they gave him enough room that he could he could really uh, showcase his talent. So that's so the he first stretched thing. The, your problem is he he stretched his legs more in Anaconda than he did Varsity Blues. Is what he had more room. I mean, Varsity Blues was just a two dimensional character. You know, you, it, it's just all it is is yelling. Anaconda's got levels. Oh. So okay, that's, so that's your first problem. Yeah. Um, the second problem with your podcast is that A Time to Kill is a perfect movie. <laughs> it's a perfect fucking movie. And how dare you? It perfectly encapsulates what it's like to be a defense attorney with a client on death row in the sweatiest state with no air conditioning. It, there was air conditioning. There was air conditioning. He was so sweaty. He was so sweaty all the time. He had, it's like the white beater. His, no- his curly McConaughey hair had so much sweat in it. He was under so much pressure. He was under so much pressure, and that's why he fucked Sandra Bullock in that movie, 100%. It has but, nothing to do with, is Sandy hotter than Charlize? Like, I heard that discussion. Well, I'm like, all, it's not about all, that. It's about his mental state. This is how this is how McConaughey out you are, is that Charlize isn't even in that film. That's Who was Ashley it? Judd. <laughs> it was Ashley, that's Ashley, Ashley Judd. Ashley so Judd. So you were just giving me the straight <laughs> McConaughey blinder <laughs> review of A Time to Kill. <laughs> Which I get and understand. Yeah, and I even have written down here, it doesn't matter that Sandra Bullock is not as hot as blonde Ashley Judd. That's written on the page, and I still said Charlize. You're so blinded by McConaughey, you can't read anymore is the problem. (sighs) Just close your eyes and imagine this. (laughs) 
So, okay. <laughs> Speaking of McConaughey and the McConaissance, uh-huh. you missed a whole era of romantic comedies. A whole era. What? And I have never heard you hate a movie more. And that's a tall statement that I just made there. That's Then you hated Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Yep. Yep. And it didn't even, you didn't even mention it. You well, didn't we were mention talking it. about, for the most part, we were talking about great romantic comedies. Yeah, but then you were like, oh, we slid into like a, an era of like shittier romantic comedies. And I was like, now is when he's going to talk about <laughs> Ghost of Girlfriend Past. And then you didn't even mention it. I, you realize that podcast could have been 14 hours long. Yes, and it will be when we redo it. <laughs> um, what I, I, mean, what I realize wedding is the planner, how to lose a guy in 10 days, like a, I know. A, the, the failure to launch. What's going to happen Starring is... Justin Bartha. <laughs> This podcast loves Justin Bartha. I know. That's what I'm saying. What You've I, got to do am, the other film he was in. What I'm quickly learning is that this isn't a list of problems with the podcast. This is uh-huh. just a list of things I personally fucked up. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So, okay. Jed, you're in the clear, buddy. And then the last one, that, and this is, this is what we call a segue in the biz. Um, the last one I have on here is <laughs> We Bought a Zoo is a better movie than Proof of Life. If anyone heard that, that was me dropping my notepad and then raising my arms above my head. I, I I don't even know how to have this conversation because you want me to say that a movie with chubby Matt Damon. He was a regular sized Matt Damon. That's chubby regular. Matt Damon. We want heroined out, rounders playing poker 45 hours Starving in a row, on Matt Mars. <laughs> That's the Matt Damon that makes good films. And you're saying that that is better than a genre-defining film starring Russell Crowe and David Caruso. A genre-defining film? Yes. Yes. What? Yes. That, that makes no sense. What genre are you even talking about? Russell Crowe K&R films. That is the genre. <laughs> it's not a genre. It's defined. not a genre. Yep. Yep. That movie is so fucking boring. We oh, bought a you zoo. Oh, you're out of your mind. Yes. It's boring. Boring oh movie. Oh, God. And we Bought a Zoo way, has a tiger. There was a lion whatever. in that movie, and his name is Russell Crowe. Okay? <laughs> oh, okay. And that's all, all right. you need to know. But speaking of great segues, uh-huh, you yeah. are shitting on Proof of Life, which was written by the man who wrote the movie we're going to talk about today, which is The Cutting yes. Edge. Yes. And I would posit that this movie is his masterpiece, not <laughs> Proof of Life. Before we get to any of that, yes. Uh, hey guys, you may notice that the person I'm talking to today does not sound like Jed. Right. We we are joined by one of my best friends, Aaron McCarthy. You want to say hi to everybody since you hi. just were shitting on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. I'm Aaron. What's up? I'm not shitting on the pie. I was shitting on you specifically. Right. And the Which things I you've said on the that's podcast. Acceptable. Yep. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. Uh, Aaron is the co-host of a internationally famous podcast called Heaving Bosoms, right? <laughs> it is internationally famous, Heaving Bosoms podcast. We uh, we read romance novels and we recap them, much in the way that you guys watch movies and and recap them. So very similar. Sort very of sounds similar. like we sort of sounds like we stole your setup. I don't I don't know necessarily, <laughs> but I did notice that time wise, you guys started after us. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You just that's take fine. that as a compliment. Yeah. We've spoken about how yours is like a scholarly based podcast and mine is more of like a <laughs> thirst based podcast, which is that's different. What people, that's what people told us about that Point Break episode was it was really sort of a clinic 
on on film theory. Uh Uh-huh. The reason that Aaron is joining us today and helping us out is that Jed decided to go on a Hawaiian vacation. Hawaii. Yeah, he didn't invite me or anything. Like, not even close. Me neither. Didn't come up. Mm Mm-mm. Well, somebody has to be back here to man the podcast. That's right. You know, priorities, Jed. Jesus. Yeah. Do they not have, like, phones that he could use to call into the podcast in Hawaii? Or um, is he just slacking? I told him that I would set up anything to be able to get him on the podcast. And he said, I don't care. Oh, wow. You're on your own. Wow. So wow. while he's while he's snorkeling and hiking wow. and golfing and doing all the things people do in Hawaii, uh, you know, somebody, like you said, has got to hold it mm-hmm. down. Well, and we I are care. here for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We care about you guys. Yeah. And I think I'm actually further away up here in Alaska. So think about That's that, true. Jed. Think about that. <laughs> So before we get into the cutting edge, which, I mean, if we can park this thing in under six hours, I think it'll be impressive. (laughs) This is going to be longer than the movie. Definitely. 100%. We have some reviews, I think. Aaron, you got anything for everybody? Okay. Sure. Okay. So I, because I've been sick for the last two days, I've watched three movies. Holy shit. I didn't think you were going to have any. I thought you were going to be like, I didn't watch anything. This is great. Two are documentaries, so I don't know if they, you know, count because you, you've done very few documentaries. They but do count. On Netflix, I watched Behind the Curve, which is the Flat Earth documentary. Outstanding stuff. If you really? just want to watch some just super deeply crazy people talk about how they think <laughs> the Earth is flat and then like double down on that in such like a disturbing way and then make crazy amounts of money on it um that's that's the pod or not podcast that's the documentary for you it's great awesome um i watched the inventor uh out for blood in silicon valley that's the the thanos yeah th- right? theranos oh. yeah oh, yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah not the thanos the, documentary thanos is a different thing My bad. <laughs> we're just following him around seeing what thanos is up to these days <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to He wants to get rid of half the beings on Earth. How crazy. (laughs) Um, But this lady, even more evil, I think, uh, really, really nutso. It's it's kind of in the same vein as, like, the fire fraud documentaries that came out. It's just, like, this crazy uh, fraud that's perpetuated by this young woman who basically just said she had this medical victory in blood testing and then got hundreds of millions of dollars in investors by saying that she already had invented it herself, even though she had no medical training. And then just set about like forcing it to be invented. And like all these doctors and scientists were like, we can't make that. We would have already invented it if that were possible. And she just fired them all and hired new ones. And that went on for like years and years and years. It was horrible. All, all I'm learning is that you watch two documentaries about how to perpetuate frauds and make money. I'm trying. Yeah. Okay. I'm very good. doing my best. Um, and then the third movie I watched was a mockumentary. Um, finally watched What We Do in the Shadows. Have you seen that? No, but I want to because I know that show's coming out on FX. What? 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 I, what, what, what? Yeah. They're doing yeah. a show of it? Okay, that's great. So What We Do in the Shadows is a uh, New Zealand mockumentary starring the uh, only two New Zealanders, uh, Jermaine Clement <laughs> and Taika Waititi, <laughs> written by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. But it's, uh, it's like a dark mockumentary about three vampire roommates um just trying to like get along and like who's going to do the dishes and stuff it's it's pretty it's also like very graphic as well but it's very very funny um and fun fact fact um (laughs) i guess taika watiti was hired by disney to write moana and like halfway through got bored and gave up and decided to write this movie instead (laughs) 
<laughs> like, there's, there's nothing he's going to be involved in that I won't want to watch. Oh, yeah, but I just like, he's like, oh, I'm bored writing this family bullshit. I want to write this vampire <laughs> documentary. It's not going to make any money with my friend Jermaine. And I'm very pumped about the TV show that's coming out because it has Matthew Barry, which I don't know if you've uh-huh. seen the IT crowd. Yes. Okay, so he plays Reynolds' son who comes in for like the last three seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, so and are I'm they, pumped. Are there any other of the original, like, are Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi in it? Or? You know, I'm, no I'm judging this. I'm judging this based on a. Uh, commercial that I saw, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Holy shit, Matt Barry!" That's kind of how I. <laughs> that's it. That's what I know about the TV show. Well, I'm psyched because I didn't know yeah. that. It's just been on my list of things to watch for a long time. So, and that's um, those are the three movies I've seen recently. Okay, we do them out of ten. So, what would you oh, give no. these? Okay, all right. Did I just put I you on the spot? Did like, I just absolutely? You guys seem to like when I listen to the podcast. I feel like you score high. So I guess like those documentaries are probably like a six. I would say. I okay. would put the what we do in the shadow. This is a little uneven. There's some pacing issues. I'd say like seven and a half. I've scored them. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're the, the only negative thing you said was about what we do in the shadow. I guess yeah. seven and a half. Well, it was right. better which, than which the plays, documentaries because it was funnier. <laughs> the end. It, which plays perfectly into a figure skating movie. We're like, I don't ten know. out of ten. Eleven out of ten for the cutting edge. <laughs> I've scored it already. You're supposed to do that at the end. So, I don't know. I've watched a couple of things. The first thing I want to talk about, and I waited for you to be on this episode because I think you're the only person that I told to watch this that did at least watch some of it, which is Norseman. Yes. So for those of you out there, I've been on this soapbox for months about Netflix's Norseman mm-hmm. show. It is it is a show about Viking-esque mm-hmm. tribes that are fighting each other. I mean, that's really all it is. And it's fucking hilarious. It's Monty Python set in Viking times. Like a times, much more graphic Monty Python. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. graphic. Yeah, but it's hilarious. They're half hour episodes. And I really don't know how to explain it other than it takes a lot of swings. And because it does that, it's going to miss on mm-hmm. a couple. But the ones it hits, it hits hard. And season one was hilarious. Season two brings in a villain who I I don't even know his name. And I'm sorry for shitty (laughs) research. But the fact that he has like metal hands and is still the funniest person on the show is just fantastic. It's so good. I I went on Um, my own little crusade to get other people to watch this show. And I ended up uh, exactly where you were, where no one would do (laughs) it. Um, Nope. Nobody. Nobody would do it. And even Jed, who I'm like, dude, watch the Norse. He's like, yeah, no, I will mm -hmm. never do that. Um, so you guys are missing out. So everybody out there, watch the Norseman. I'm telling you, hit me up on Twitter or whatever. We can start like a Norseman <coughs> chat group. I don't care. It's so good. Um, and they are making a third season. Oh, good. So get excited. You're not, you're not struck out on the first two. And then yesterday, Jess and I went to go see an two week early showing of Shazam with Zach Levi. Wow. So yes, Neat. yes. That's one of the. One of the really cool things about living in Southern California is they let you, you get come to, to see, see Shazam early. early. What a perk. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> oh, by the way, Norseman is a 9 out of 10. I forgot that. Whoa. So, <laughs> out yes, of the park. Is. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, so, Shazam, I'm sure everybody out there's heard about this movie. It uh, stars Zachary Levi as superhero Shazam. I'm not the biggest superhero guy. I been to a lot of those movies i tend to find them tedious very long uh usually all of those superhero movies you can cut at least 30 minutes out of and to me they all feel the same Mm -hmm. they're 
constantly the same film. This one, it really understands the cheese that it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's very campy. It, it gets its tone. It still could probably take about 15 minutes out. It takes... The last hour is really good and really interesting and very funny. And it's funny throughout because it's totally tongue-in-cheek. But it takes a good 20 minutes to get rolling. And Mark Strong is great. I mean, he's a he's a bald villain. And he will be a bald villain for the rest of his career. That's what he does. Uh, Zachary Levi worked out for this movie, apparently. Oh, because he is enormous. And the first time Jesse saw him after the TV show Chuck... Uh-huh. was on season two of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh-huh. I haven't seen season two. And she was like, season two is great, by the way. I'm sure. But she, but she looks at him and she's like, oh, who's that? He's, that, that guy's like really attractive. I'm like, that's Chuck. She's like, the software guy from the software show? <laughs> With that, I'm like, you mean the, the nerd herd guy? Yes, that guy. She goes, yeah, he's he's far better looking now. That mm-hmm. that worked. Yeah. And uh, she still agrees after Shazam that mm-hmm. he's he's far better looking. But it was a good movie. I would give it a six and a half out of ten. I mean, obviously, it's going to have a sequel. I'm sure it's going to make a shitload of money. But it needed to needed to speed up the pace a little bit because it, it drug uh, in a couple of spots. But I don't I, I don't want to give you any spoilers because again, it doesn't come out for a couple of weeks, so I don't want to screw it for you guys. But it's good. Go see it. You'll like it. All right. So before we get into the cutting edge, Jed could not go without giving his little uh, piece on this film. So here he is. I just wanted to give the burners exactly what they didn't want, which is more of me. I know this will probably be our <laughs> highest listened to episode because when they see that I'm not on it, they're going to be very excited for that. So you all can go fucking toe pick yourselves for all I care at this point. <laughs> this uh, I'm very jealous. I'm very jealous of you and Aaron, man, getting to talk about the cutting edge because I saw this film numerous times as a kid growing up. It seemed like it was on fucking TV all the time. And it's actually just a, a good film. I rewatched it not too long ago, and some of the direction is really amazing. And I'm not even, like, saying that at all in, in a joking manner. I was like, some of these scenes are filmed really well. D.B. Sweeney is on a fucking another planet when it comes to outacting Moira Kelly in this film. She, I mean, I think she just read that she had to be a bitch, and she was like, I'm gonna be a bitch. Oh, and then in the third act, I change, and I'm not a bitch anymore, so I'm gonna completely 180 my character and be like nothing else I have. It's not a slow progression. It's a, oh, you said I was the reason that I lost the gold medal last time with Brian in Calgary or whatever the fuck. Okay, I'm switching. You're right. I'm. It's it. I'm good. I'm a nice person now. We can have a happily ever after. This is all great. And the notion that a hockey player just goes and is like, this is one of those things that you see in movies all the time where someone takes up something and two weeks into it, they're better than people that have been doing it their entire fucking life. I know he's been skating and he can skate like it's second nature and that's not a problem for him. But skating and doing axles, which I know a little something about from past experience, it takes a lot to go from that. Just because he can skate as a hockey player. And he even says in the film, I believe at one point, that hockey is way, way easier than figure skating. What? I'm sorry, what, is anyone checking you into the boards and figure skating? Like, what the fuck is going on? I, so, some of the writing is a little suspect, but all in all, in my opinion, it's just a wonderful, wonderful film that everyone needs to watch and enjoy good, good, good movie making. Hey man, we hope you're having a great time in Hawaii, but Aaron, do you want to tell Jed how bad you feel that he's not here to record Cutting Edge? I just feel like, I know this isn't my podcast, <laughs> but I just felt like, if we were to do any movie, it was going to be National Treasure. And I was so hurt 
<laughs> by the fact that I was not included. I love National Treasure so much, and there are so many things to say about it, and I just feel like this is karma, is what I feel like. So he can shove it. When you asked me what the next episode we were going to do was, and I told you National Treasure, you were like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> National Treasure. Here's the thing about that podcast is I feel like you didn't focus enough on how Nick Cage just rolls up the Declaration of Independence. Just, <laughs> just like just like it's moderate. It's not going to disintegrate in but his hands. He's so, just, he's so <laughs> careful about everything else. Oh, yeah. And then he's like. He doesn't even think know, about he it. He almost folds it and puts it in his back pocket at, at that point. Yeah. You're like, nah. But. It's the deck of independence. What are you do? I mean, we've seen it. We know what it says. We just need <laughs> yeah, the map to whatever. be intact. Who gives a shit about the actual document? Uh-huh. You're right. We, we could yeah, have done exactly. that. Yeah, uh, I think we're ready to talk about the cutting edge. Best movie ever made. Olympic star Doug Dorsey's the best hockey player in America, and he's about to retire. Kate Mosley was America's sweetheart. Until Hercules here learns how to lock his grip, this will have to do. And she's got a nickname that rhymes with rich. What a thing. For both of them, the Olympics have become a faraway dream. Here, you try. Until someone... Those are figure skates, pal. ...set up the ultimate blind date. Who the hell do you think you are? I'm a guy who came a long way for lunch. Please don't let me keep you from the trough. Enough! The king of the rink and America's ice queen just became a team. Don't quit your day job. Would you please put me down? You Clayton! Guess that move needs some work. Are they gonna get it? Before they kill each other? You're falling for him. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) D.B. Sweeney. Man, would I love to see you play hockey. Moira Kelly. Any day. The cutting edge. It's not like his nose was perfect. So that trailer goes harsh, I think, don't you? Yes. When, when yes. they when they say um, she has a nickname that rhymes with rich. Yeah, it's a it's a dramatic trailer. Yes. Um, but you know, I think I think it conveys. It's one of the. It's it's early '90s, so it's gonna reveal a lot the, of the this movie. This trailer and this whole movie is a slice of time. Like, there's no. And yeah. there's a lot of it that ages really well, I think. But all of it. <laughs> but every <laughs> time a song comes on, you're like, you're oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, ninety one, yep, yep, nineteen ninety one. Yes. It. So yes. before we break down the yeah. greatness, which is this film, which I think both of us agree, this is a, a twelve out of ten, fifteen out of ten. Oh yeah, this is a million. This is this is one of the top three movies ever made <laughs> by humans. This national treasure and then like one of the boring ones or whatever. Yeah, like probably cutting edge true. Uh Sorry, Christy Carlson Romano. We can't start there. All right. Okay. Sorry. 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 Do that. Back now. So, uh, all right. This movie was directed by Paul Michael Glazier, and those of you may know him Mm -hmm. as the original Starsky in Starsky and Hutch. Yes. Really? Yeah. Do you want another piece of trivia about him? Is he is the trailer that or the trailer the tailor that says um, that Doug Dorsey can't hide his light under a basket later on in the movie where he's pinning a little <laughs> oh, really? sash over his uh, over over his, yeah. over his what <laughs> over his what uh, package? I was gotcha. going to say package. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> that's that's the director of the film. And uh, Paul Michael Glazer, interesting directorial career because he directed this. <laughs> And then he directed The Air Up There with Kevin Bacon, which you guys heard on our last episode as an honorable mention in our uh, basketball uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. Then he directs Kazam, 
with Shaq. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then a controversial whole, film. And then a whole bunch of nothing. And you can sort of <laughs> see how you start high with the cutting edge, and then eh, a little mm-hmm. lower the air up there, and then ah shit, Kazam, uh, mm-hmm. we're done. Hollywood was yep. done. But yep. uh, at least he gave us the cutting edge. <laughs> yes. The movie was written by Tony Gilroy, and this was his first script. And I went on and I, I read a couple of interviews with him because he went on to do like a lot of really good shit. He did All the Bournes, he did Michael Clayton, he did Rogue One, he did Armageddon. But most importantly... It seemed like he took a turn into a different genre after this. He defined the genre of Proof of Life. Oh, come on! That's not a genre! So, I mean, he's done a lot of really good stuff. Oscar nominated. And he, in his uh, interview that I read, he was talking about how this movie came to him. And it was apparently a producer came to him and said, I want to do Taming of the Shrew. In figure skating. Yes. And which is very yeah, clearly what this that is. Works. I'm just blown away yeah. by a producer sitting at home and going, I need to come up with projects. I need to come up with projects. I got it. Mm-hmm. Taming the Shrew on ice. I see. I was thinking that the producers were at home being like, we need a DB Sweeney mm-hmm. vehicle. We need a way to get DB Sweeney on the big screen right now. Well, they got to. How can we do it? got to cash in on that eight men out, lonesome dove, Memphis Bell streak he was on. Yes. Yes. And. <laughs> I didn't re- remember he was in Memphis Bell. I didn't either, to be honest with you. And I'm a big Sweeney's guy. Okay. I like I like D.B. Sweeney. <laughs> You're right. You're a Sweeney's guy. But, so the cast has, obviously, D.B. Sweeney in probably the only role people recognize him from, sadly. Yeah, I would say so. And we yeah. got Moira Kelly as Kate Mosley, which was, this was absolutely her coming out party. Yeah, and also her lock it back down and go back into wherever you came from party. <laughs> I feel like this was... <laughs> But she did turn this on to With Honor. She voiced Nala in Lion King. I didn't know she was the voice of Nala. I knew. So she's in One Tree Hill. I knew that. She was in the first season of The West Wing, and then she was quietly ushered out. She's on an island somewhere in Mm -hmm. in West Wing Mm -hmm. universe. Yep. But this really, it's kind of funny when you go through the list of people who were in this film and who probably did the best, which I think the acting standout is D.B. Sweeney. 100%. But he's the only one who didn't get like a big, you know, career push out of this film, which is really weird to me. There weren't a lot of like mouth-breathing hockey player roles <laughs> after this. It's not like... He, he, like, he did play a mouth-breather in Eight Men Out too. That was sort of Yeah, his, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. all the ones that were available in the early 90s, he took. Like the curiously <laughs> handsome, but like... Neanderthal looking <laughs> but, mouth breather. But, he got them all. But don't you think, and, and I, I was thinking about this when we decided to do Cutting Edge, how great would he have been? And I love the Mighty Ducks, but how great would he have been as Gordon Bombay? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Would have been fantastic. Those movies are unbelievable, but they would have been even better with him. Like, he is such a better Gordon Bombay. Yeah. I mean, Emilio Estevez is just not believable as like a... Athlete? Hockey person. Love yeah. I just don't... Yeah. Charismatic <laughs> person? <laughs> actor i mean oh, and you also know sad. if we had sweens doing mighty ducks he wouldn't have bowed out of the third early he would have been in the third we would oh, have had a fourth no. he would still yes. be doing yes. mighty ducks movies yep. if we had this week in fact let's let's remake mighty ducks <laughs> with db put the sweens in there yeah. 2019 db sweeney yeah of course he's aged great he's he's a vision <laughs> the last time i remember seeing him i think was taken two and he was one of the buddies what yeah I mean, I'm sure he's been in shit since then. I just haven't run across huh. whatever random guest starring episode of television he did. Yeah, he was in an episode of House, I remember. He was like the brother of the other doctor in House, I want to say. Brother two. Or those something are, those like that. Those are the parts that. he should be getting. Yeah, there's, well, there's the two, two doctors 
yeah, I think it was a brother of some sort. I don't remember. But I remember thinking that it could be a reoccurring role and me being like, the Sweens is back. And then he was not. And then House was like, this is not a reoccurring role. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll see you later, DB. I, th- I think probably a fan favorite character in this, though, is Anton Pomchenko. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was played brilliantly by British actor Roy Dotris, who has a phenomenal, like, historical background. Really? POW, volunteered for the RAF. No shit. Yep. So Incredible. he's instantly my favorite. Yeah, I didn't know that. Then we have Terry O'Quinn, who was obviously honing his lost chops on the set of yeah, The Cutting I mean, Edge uh, as If you're Jack wondering, Mosley. if you haven't seen this movie and you're wondering what role Terry O'Quinn plays, it's the role Terry O'Quinn plays uh, is played by Terry O'Quinn brilliantly <laughs> in The Cutting Edge and every other movie he's ever been in. I think on all the scripts where they're like, we need a Terry O'Quinn type, everyone's like, well, we can obviously just get Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> just he's, just get him. he's sitting right over there. <laughs> here already he sensed it and then uh we have dwyer brown as hale forrest the boyfriend of kate mosley he you reminded me i had completely forgot yes which i I, he's in field of dreams i feel terrible that i forgot that he's the dad in field of dreams yeah we were texting about this and you were like oh he hasn't been in anything and i was like hasn't been in anything but in my defense you know who i'm looking at when that movie's on kevin it's sort of shocking that i remember anyone else's in that film yeah that's that's I understand. So that's that's how I feel when McConaughey is on the screen. That's how I feel. So I understand where you're coming from. And then we have a dynamite drop in from Nahani Johnstone, who plays Gita. We'll hear from her in a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. Canadian yes. actress playing a German. No. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And she's accents done, all over the place. She's done a ton of TV. Orange the New Black, Third Watch, Degrassi, The New Class, which I think is one of mm-hmm. those. I feel like that's Canadian, you know, NYPD Blue or whatever, where like every actor <laughs> has to do one episode of Law and Order. Yeah, NYPD fair. Blue. But I think people need to know your figure skating background. Like, what this movie means to you. Um, everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, I started skating when I was, uh, three. Uh Uh-huh. I competed from the time I was six until, um, say around 15 or 16, at which point I retired and I started doing shows and coaching. There you go. I just have a quick question because... I, yeah. I knew you, obviously, when you were figure skating, because we met back when we still lived in Pekin as, mm-hmm. as children. Mm-hmm. Yes. And is this like a fever dream for figure skaters, like the hockey player love story <laughs> thing? Yeah, I think so. But also, like, as figure skating movies go, this is, like, sadly, I think the most accurate one. Because, I mean, figure skating movies, you've got Ice Castles. Yep. Um, which was uh, Robbie Benson. Robbie and- Benson was in that. I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, so Ice Castles is a blind woman sure. and Robbie Benson as a pairs team. And for some reason, it's all outdoors uh, <laughs> on ponds yep. in the 80s. And then you've got uh, Ice Princess. I mean, Ice Princess uh, maybe is I, Tanya fantastic. Is, yeah, maybe I, Tanya is now the more realistic as far as the sport goes. I'm not saying that that's a real story that they told my <laughs> Tanya, but as far as just like how the sport you, is. You mean you don't, but I don't believe know, this Tanya Harding had nothing to do with anything? <laughs> She was just an innocent person in the whole situation. We should apologize to her I already at have. this point. I called her. She picked up. We're good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, She'll pick up for that. But, yeah, so I think every figure skater and a lot of just, like, I think women my age grew up with this movie and super duper loved it. It came out when I was, like, six. So I watched it then, and then I watched it a lot yeah. Since well, then. and it was on, Jed and I talked about this a bunch. I mean, this thing was on WGN like every week. Like this and yeah. Newsies was just on a loop when it wasn't Cub Games mm-hmm. and the weather. Yeah. And so now it's like a formidable part of all of our yes. childhoods. Yes, it is. 
So we're going to joke around a lot about it, but at the end of the day, I think it's really well made top to bottom, like just from a strict piece of cinema. Yeah. It's it's airtight. It is. Like, you've got Citizen Kane, you've got National <laughs> Treasure, and you've got The Cutting Edge. That's usually the, usually it's, I think, Citizen Kane and Cutting Edge tied for number one. And then like The yes. Godfather is what I usually hear. But Sure, 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 sure. Part two. And then you have The Cutting Edge. <laughs> and one of the things that makes it maybe the third greatest movie ever made is that within the first two minutes, you know everything you need to know about everybody who's yes. in it. The first yeah, two minutes, great. it introduces you to who Kate is and what she's yes. supposed to be like or what we're supposed to get out of her, what her dad's like, what the former coach is like, and we meet Doug in his room through this fantastic exchange. You say nine alarm. It's mistake? No, no mistake. This is great. Late for the Olympics. I'm just about four hours late here, Rita. Rita? I don't believe this. Lita. Lita? Lita? Anita. Ich nehme Gita. Gita! I mean, he's just a passionate lover. That's just... Yes. He's... he's <laughs> His a- face when he's like... Anita. Like, he really wants to get it right. He does. And you can tell that she's a skier because there's skis in the room. So, like, she needs to get her game together, too. Anita, Gita, Lita. <laughs> it's so funny because he's so earnest in trying to be like, uh-huh. I don't want to upset her when clearly he does not give a shit. But also, she's super fucked up. She's like, oh, you say nine alarm. It's like, yeah. And I don't understand why the alarm was not then set for nine. I did also enjoy that they have all of their conversation in English. And she was like, this will be the part where he's speaking German to me. (laughs) (laughs) Which she's like, do we need an alarm? Yeah, nine. Oh, he's speaking German at that point. So no, we do not need an alarm. Got it. Uh Oh my God, I just got that joke after the 50th time that I've seen this movie. That's what I didn't understand. I'm like, I don't get it. You cannot tell me you just got that joke. (laughs) All right, listen, guys. This is the best gag in the film. This is the best fucking <laughs> gag in the film. You have a notebook, guys. You should see. She has a notebook of like 11 pages of notes. <laughs> so listen, you know when you see something young and you don't get a lot of the things and then you grow up and you just like don't, it just breezes right past you. That's what happened. I didn't realize it. I'm like, she's an idiot. He said nine alarm. How can that be more clear to you? <laughs> I mean, I, I got to take a breather here. Oh, man, I shouldn't be here. Why did you invite me? But we also get in the opening credits, and all this is happening, again, in that first two minutes, we get the meet-cute, which never happens in the credits. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. And it's a great meet-cute. It's a fantastic meet-cute. I mean, you you in your other professional podcast yes. deal with meet-cutes all the time. This yes. is spectacular. Yes. Yeah. They are both running. She's mad. So we've had the opening scene with her where her coach, Rick Tuttle, is yelling, I want to see your ass in the air. She's like, He's like, this is the Olympics, Kate. And like just being a real asshole to her from and everybody's like looking. And so she just like shows him her ass and like as she's skating away. So she's mad. She's storming down the hallway. And then Doug Dorsey, he's running because he's late for his 
Olympic hockey game, and they just feels like somebody so would have knocked on his door though, right? Like at some you point they'd so. have been like, "You think one of the teammates would give yeah. him a call?" Where's Dorsey? I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen him. We're good. He'll the make star it. hockey player of the the, the USA, the Minnesota machine, should the, probably yes. have been uh, woken <laughs> up by Minnesota somebody. Minnesota machine. She's like so mad. She's like batting away banners, just banner, bat that away, and then they just collide. And um, he's like, just go out to the ice. And like, they're mad at each other. And then she's mad at him and she's on her ass. And he says, honey, where I'm from, we stand for the national anthem. And it is a great fucking (laughs) meet cute. And I just need you to tell the people how big of a crush you have on D.B. Sweeney. Oh, a huge crush. Is, Huge. Was, was this like, because you saw this when you were so young, was this like your perfect man? Was this like the first yes. recognition yes. of a crush? Yes, 100%. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Because he does, you, you mentioned it, he has this weird leading man quality where he, yeah. he's not, he's he's very handsome, but he's not, he doesn't make like the normal guy uncomfortable, I don't think, because he's got like a no. lazy eye and he's got like, it's, there's weird shit going on. He's oafy. But, but like he's, he's, he's kind of like an oaf. He's handsome. He's... He's athletic. He seems like he would be dumb, but not in a like he's too handsome way, but just like he looks kind of dumb. Sure. And and, yeah. and that's perfect. That's makes him relatable. So we get we get through this fantastic meet cute, which we're gonna have to talk about here in a little bit too, because it's astonishing to me that they don't recognize each other later. He goes into this <laughs> hockey game, and the hockey is filmed really well, I thought. And we talked about this a little bit in the varsity blues episode because sports are really difficult to film and it's really easy to tell when they're filmed poorly. And this mm-hmm. this movie does two tricks brilliantly. One is with the hockey game they shoot from really low which makes everything look way bigger and way faster. They do it in the figure skating too. And they do the same thing in the figure skating and especially in the practice figure skating. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. have them in shadows so you don't concentrate on them being Doug and Kate or DB Sweeney and Moira Kelly. You just mm-hmm. buy it cuz you can't really see the faces. And instead mm-hmm. of other movies that will just show you like the back of the head or anything like that, right. I, I thought it I thought it was visually appealing, but also allowed them to cheat a little easier. I thought that was really well done. And sometimes it seems like he's just zooming the camera around, like focused on the ceiling or the walls or the stands to show like we're skating fast. And he's not even focused right. on the actual skaters. It's more like you are them and this is what they're seeing. I think that's really smart in a movie like this where you've got two people who can't skate. Yeah, and going from a lot, there's a lot of POV shots that I think are really well placed. Mm-hmm. And it's shortcuts. And I think the shortcuts, like you said, adds to the speed a little bit. And we come in mm-hmm. and out of focus and it's jarring, particularly in the hockey game. Because that's what hockey would be like playing is there's just a lot of shit going on and I can't really necessarily focus on any one individual thing. And for a short scene, uh, which the only reason we see the hockey game is that's what takes Doug out of his hockey career is when he gets hit up against the boards pretty aggressively, I would say, after a goal. My guess is there was a penalty after that. You would think so. But see, we opened that scene, Doug's in the penalty box. So I always thought that that was that guy. So whoever... Doug did something to to get him. I think it was high sticking or right. something like that. He got in the penalty box because he did something to some other guy. I thought that was retribution. Oh, I'm sure it was. I have no doubt that that was retribution. I think it was. Did you? No, go ahead. Sorry. Did you notice that they're playing yep. West Germany? Yep. They're playing well because you know <laughs> yeah. it's the 88s. It's the 88 yeah. games. Uh-huh. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Chris Chelios, uh, hockey Hall of Famer, is one of the West Germans. Little oh, nugget. See, we, we did our research for you guys. Yeah, that is yeah. a little nugget. I have some little figure skating nuggets for you too. Awesome. Love All it. right. Bring it. So then we clip over to the figure skating realm, and we have spotlights ready for the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> this was, the, Spotlight. The, just darkest 
rank ever and then you've got these spotlights that are like the brightest spotlights ever and then the stands full yeah full for the pairs figure skating short program just full <laughs> to the brim standing room only this and is then, Tor- this is Torval and dean time they could have been there yeah. to see Torval and Dean. <laughs> maybe then in an overhead lift the first thing you learn in pairs is this lift she, I guess, wants down faster than he wants to put her down. And then he just, like, drops her. Yep. And then they don't get up or anything. They just kind of stand there and admit their point. defeat. Yeah. Well, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Because they, they kind of point her out as, like, somebody who can't get it done. Obviously, they, they always blame the partner. But have they ever check to see if she just has night blindness because it is so dark while they're there's, skating that there's maybe a reason she just, that we don't have spotlights they, they when we're competing see. yeah they she just could not can't see, see which i think will also play into doug's injury because we find out can't see he's got right, no no right. periphery right um but i think the issue is that the mistakes people make in pair skating are so small Usually the big mistake that you'll notice is somebody falls on a side-by-side jump. And, of course, that wouldn't have worked out because it has to be something they're doing together to make the movie work. You don't see paraskaters mess up on lifts like this. The The mess-ups are so minute in paraskating that the average eye is not going to be able to see them. So I, as a director, I think they probably had a pretty hard job trying yeah, I, to figure something out here I, yeah i think you're right and it, it was always weird to me too as a non-figure skater that like it looked like she tried to like knife him in the back with the yeah. skate to get down like step down his back which i would have dropped her too i'd have been like yep done with this nope Don't yeah it. done but with i will give moira kelly a lot of credit and db sweeney they did three months of ice skating training for this film yes and uh-huh. apparently according to the sweens she got incredibly good and was starting to land jumps and stuff and broke uh-huh. her ankle like right before filming. And so it turns out she wasn't able to do a ton of her own skating in the film, even (laughs) though she apparently got really good. Did you catch how long Doug and Kate prepared for the Pamchenko twist at the end of the movie? Well, they say five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. So shorter amount of time than D.B. Sweeney and Maury Kelly took to learn figure skating for the movie. Ridiculous. We are going to have to really break down the Pamchenko. I can't wait. That's at least going to be, it's probably going to be third hour or so of this. uh, Yep. So we have the doctor visit and we find out Doug and uh, Doug can't play hockey. He had a blind spot, Doug. Yep. He does have a blind spot. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have a question though. Wouldn't a blind spot fuck you up for figure skating as well? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. I figured the vision 100%. issue would also affect his ability to figure skate. Probably Maybe not more single so. skating, but I think pairs for sure. There's a lot of stuff that you have to like just look in your periphery to grab somebody's hand or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. He doesn't have that. But. That I don't know. I'm not a pair skater, but I would think so. So we get him. We, we flash to two years later and all of this is happening really, really quickly. There's just a, there's so much information packed into the first five minutes, mm-hmm. which is what's taking us so long to unpack it. But mm-hmm. it's, it's really, to me, brilliant storytelling. I think it's a strength of the script is to convey yeah. all of this exposition so quickly and so well that I feel like I know exactly what I'm supposed to get out of these characters. Mm-hmm. So we flash forward to two years later and Doug's working at a factory and he's he goes to the bar and he sees his he's brother. Got the lunchbox. You know, he's got, he's got the factory lunchbox going on. That's how you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
it's, it's got a, a little square it's, metallic it's, lunchbox. It's, it's all the plot, uh, the prop department that lets you know uh-huh. exactly what you. He's need got to the know. hard hat. You know, he's working at a factory. So, so he gets to Dorsey's penalty box bar that is yeah. run by his brother, and I'm assuming that this is a brother that is either adopted or <laughs> is from a different mother or father because he didn't get the handsomeness gene. They, I mean, damn. <laughs> Do you think this man was an actor or just a guy they found in Detroit who was already running Dorsey's penalty box? Because they got the perfect guy for this. He is, and and he's really good. Like not yeah. taking the piss out of him at all. He's so good in the in the four no, no. four scenes he's this in. This fight that they have is like way overly dramatically written. Yes, but it's so believable. It's like I, believable. I was, and DB, yeah. This is the only part of the movie where I think DB Sweeney gets out acted. Because the, yep. the brother's going strong, spitting on him. He's great. You know, doing the whole mm-hmm. deal, which would totally convey to a frustrated brother. And mm-hmm. then Sweeney's like, basically, I almost got a Nick Cage's. I got to go over the top yeah. of the brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, Give me that but like, he brother. comes in. And Doug's, like, asking his brother to make him a sandwich, and the brother's asking him to take a shift, and he's like, I got a game, and the brother's like, you're playing a fucking bar league. Uh, notably, a slut says, hey, Dougie, while he yes. walks in. Yes. Uh, she, later, it looks she's like clearly... she's... W- yeah, but later, she looks like she's with the brother, like, at the end of the movie. Ooh, really? Yeah, but she also kisses him, uh, kisses Doug yeah, a lot. scandal. Yeah. She's into Doug. So well, she's like, hey, Dougie, and they're like, get away, we're trying to have a brother fight. And then they go outside, and he's like, you're in a bar league, your 23rd letter came today, Detroit Red Wings, sorry about the eye, you know. Go piss so up a rope, they, I love that. Yeah, go piss up a rope, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's been trying to play hockey, he can't, and he's working at this bar, and it's sad. Yeah, it, it, but it, and by the way, bar league, is a bar league hockey a thing? I don't know, you would know more than me? Yeah, 100%. No shit. Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. I, I that that felt contrived to me, but again, I didn't live in a place that had hockey that much. So yeah, I mean, we have um, yeah, there's like there's outdoor hockey leagues up here that are just like little, you know, you know, Russell Crowe did a phenomenal film about outdoor pond hockey. <laughs> yeah, up here in Mystery, um, we've got a really really competitive hockey team. Um, they're thinking about playing. God, fuck, who do they play in that? They play the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers, any day now. Uh, we're going to have that match and see, I'm excited. see what happens. As long as Hank Azaria yeah. is there, I'm in. Yeah. At least we have the best lawyer in town representing us. <laughs> Hopefully he lives through this. I, I'm not optimistic. No, me neither. <laughs> so right. he, he gets through this, and then we flash back to Kate, who's just basically exhausting another partner. And Jack is talking to Anton and is like, I mean, what's what's the problem here? And I mean, <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, sorry. pause. Go ahead. We clipped to Kate doing a scratch spin. Next to her is another guy doing a scratch spin. I know you haven't watched a ton of figure skating, but have you ever seen anyone fall doing an upright scratch spin? No, because no, no one ever has in the history of figure skating. So he somehow just like, like careens out of this thing. It's like, and then like falls and is somehow out of breath. You don't even do anything. You just stand there and like centripetal force does it for you. It's like, and he's like sweating. They got the worst figure skater in the history of the time. So what you're saying is that, with that Kate. Kate is right that this guy sucks. And he's yes, kicked out of the yes. building. Because one yes. of the things on, on the rewatch, and I've seen this movie 50, 60 times, mm-hmm. I started feeling bad for Kate. Like, it's always been in my mind that, like, Kate, God, 
She's so mm-hmm. bitchy all the time. Like, why did they write her like this? Why did it get played like this? And then you watch and you go, uh, because all the people around her suck? Yeah, because no one does right by Kate. No. And apparently there are no male figure skaters, like, in the world. Like, Brian couldn't do a fucking star lift. This guy can't do a scrap right. spin. Like, they're like, oh, we're at the bottom of the barrel, Kate. And it's like, what barrel were you using? Like, there's got to be there's guys other, that can other do barrels. scratch spins out there. Yeah, it, it is unbelievable. And then when Anton is talking to the dad and the dad's like, where are we at? And he's like, we're at the bottom of the barrel. And, you know, everyone says she's a phenomenal skater, but always the big B. And I'm mm-hmm. like, would you say that to her dad? Like, they are just yes. hard negging yeah. on her the uh-huh. whole movie. And I, I finally am watching it and going, yeah, I get it. I get it. Fuck you guys. Are you kidding me? I don't want to put mm-hmm. up with this shit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I started feeling really bad for Kate when I was watching. Yeah, he really trashes her to the dad. Like, he's like, what about Spindler? And he's like, Spindler, before skate with her, wear garlic from neck and sleep with a crucifix. I was <laughs> yeah. like, fucking jeez, Spindler. I know, right? Tone it down. First of all, a little dramatic, but yeah. Jesus. I bet Spindler is pretty dramatic. <laughs> In your experience? If, if Brian is anything to... If Mr. Scratchbrin and Brian were as dramatic as they were, I bet Spindler's pretty dramatic as well. So Anton has this genius idea and goes up to Minnesota to get Doug. Yeah. And this is where... I, I'm not trying to, to dog on Roy Dotras' performance because I do really like it. But he seems to either really know English or really not know English. <laughs> Yeah, you it's never a, know. I think it's when it's convenient for him. Yeah, it's a little confusing because when he goes in and sees Doug, who's like hammering some nails and all that shit. And he's he works like, in a factory, but also construction. It's very confusing. <laughs> well, no, he's con- that's construction behind the bar. You remember when they had the fight behind oh, the bar? They're expanding the bar in the back. Didn't notice that. Well, you're looking at the Sweens. I get that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like looking I was for blinded. details. I'm looking at this with a critical <laughs> eye. Okay. All right, okay. So Anton's looking at him like, you are a very exciting skater. Uh-huh. It's like, dude, you spoke way better English like four minutes ago. <laughs> you are bigger than I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just really weird. But uh-huh. he, kind of, he, in a very short scene, sort of convinces Doug like, hey, let's try this figure skating thing. And we don't really know why Doug bites on it. That's one of the things I wish was in the script is there's really not an understanding of why Doug goes for it. I think it's a free trip to wherever and they're going to pay him for his time. Like, why not? He gets a, a mad check out of Terry O'Quinn at the end of this I've always practice tried session. to, like, pause and figure out how much that check is. Oh, I zo- I've zoomed it so many times. I can't see it. I'm assuming it's, like, 10 grand, right? It's got to be 10 grand. Yeah, I think so. It starts with a one for sure. Yeah. So it's either 10 or 100. No um, way it's 100 So grand. it's 10. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 10. I don't think he's, I don't think Terry O'Quinn's like, here's 100 grand for one day. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I think they do pay him a hefty paycheck for just flying out and giving it a shot. So yeah. I think that's why he tries it. But he is very skeptical because he's like, those are figure skates, pal. <laughs> I, I always wanted the extra line from Dodgers to be like, no shit. Like, mm-hmm. You think yeah. I didn't know what they were. Well, Thank and he's you. got it. In the next scene, he's got him on. He's like, wait a minute, what's this, a toe pick? I'm like, how'd you get out to the center of the ice, my man? Like, without <laughs> noticing the toe pick. You kidding I me? Just, I just like to think that Doug sat down in the middle of the ice and put his skates on. That's, he walked out <laughs> to the middle of the ice, laced him up. Yeah. But th- this is where we get to a point where, like, I get really confused because the meat cute was so good. And it wasn't one of these random, like, I'm passing someone, we bump shoulders, and it's like, hey, asshole, ah, whatever, leave me alone, and we move on. Like, mm-hmm. they had a conversation yeah. at the Olympics. I don't know, it was two years ago. But it was, a con- like, at the Olympics, and you're telling me that this guy's the most famous hockey player for the yeah. U.S., and she's uh-huh. 
a figure skater. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't know. Like, they don't know who each other are. I, that's very hard he, for me to buy. I don't know that I could tell you any famous hockey players when I was figure skating. And he's not going to know the name of a pair skater. I can't tell you a pair skater's name. I can. But, like, very. They're not, <laughs> I like. I just lied. N- Shit. But you can't tell me the name of a pair skater, I'm sure. Uh, obviously, Torval and Dean. <laughs> I just talked about this them. Movie. I just talked about no. them. No. No. Schmilkoff and Bruskin. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, Schmilkoff and Bruskin. The Wiederman twins. Lori Pekarovsky. Don't stare too long. You'll get a sugar shock. <laughs> All right. So they they don't recognize each other. That's fine. But they... Yeah. He puts on the skates and... Mm-hmm. Shakes her hand. She's like, what do you soak your hands in battery acid? And he's like, I've never had a complaint before. Their back and forth is outstanding. Yeah, it's really good. They're, they're and banter, she's like, what do you shower flirting? every week? And he's like, was that invitation? It's good stuff. He's very quick with that. It's very uh-huh. quick. And yes. uh, the the flirting is strong. And I think mm-hmm. they do a good job of not overselling the attraction in each other. Because I, oh, yeah. I think even at the beginning, he is basically doing it to piss her off. Mm-hmm. Because apparently he doesn't know who she is, but he's heard the rumors about her. Like it's a big secret that she's hard to work yeah. with. I can see a situation where he asked around about her after he found out he was going up there. Okay. I don't know. I think you're giving him a lot of benefit of the doubt. Well, also, they've given him a brief about her before he's gone to the the rink. Because you remember, he's like, colorful. I can think of another word for it. Right. That's true. So clearly somebody's been like, her personality is a bad one. It rhymes Um, with Richie. Yeah, Um, exactly. And it was probably her own dad who gave him (laughs) that brief. (laughs) They're so mean to her. I know. It's so bad. So they're arguing, and Anton's like, enough, enough, we skate. See, this is why I wanted you to come Mouths on this. Mouths closed, you, ears to be opened. You, you You're t- all, back to Siberia. <laughs> enough. See, this is why I wanted you to Paris do this. Paris means too. Because this is Jed's part. He does all the impressions. This is perfect. <laughs> this is so good. You are without a partner. Paris means too. You're, we skate. You're, you're skating nowhere. You are skating nowhere. Yes. (laughs) So they do the hold. They line it up. And then Dorsey's like, what are these claws up front? And she's like, ah, toe pick. And then we get the toe pick montage. And it's so good. Historic. (laughs) Yeah. I could listen to her say that all day long. Yes. And the maniacal laugh at the end of that montage. Uh, yeah. Outstanding work. Although it does seem weird to me. I, I guess I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he's... The, the moves in figure skating and the moves on hockey skates are totally different, obviously. so I can't skate in hockey skates. Yeah. I, so I could see I, him I can't even move. Out. I could see yeah. him Oh, yeah. Out. So they're, they're kind of getting to know each other. They're doing a lot of this practice. And, and mm-hmm. this, this montage of the toe pick is really indicative of Starsky's directorial style because... <laughs> There are a lot of montages in this film, and they're great. Oh, yeah. They're and great. And they're good. Yeah, and they're necessary. Yeah. Like, I don't need to see months and months of training no. for, you know. Mm-mm. And, and that's and the essentially skating, all they do is train, which is how you got to get through the, the time block between, you know, meeting and yeah, competition. Yeah, because we've got two years here. That yeah. They're training between 88 and 90, I want to say. Right. Which we have, like, there's a there's a age question I got for you. Yeah. She's yelling at him at the 88 Olympics about, or he says this isn't junior pairs 82. So let's say she's mm-hmm. 16 and 82. Would that be fair, 15, 16? Uh, I think it could be younger than that. Okay, because yeah. basically what I'm thinking is come 92, she's probably, 
24 at the oldest. Yes, yes, I agree. But I think D.B. Sweeney at the 88 games is a junior in college. They say he's a junior out of Minnesota State. Yeah. So he's 21 21, yeah. So mm-hmm. he's probably 25-ish by the time the games mm-hmm. are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Because he looks significantly older than her. Uh, yes. Because he is, <laughs> in real life, very <laughs> yes. much older than her. Yes. And this skating montage, too, is hilarious because they've got him. I thought it was very believable. They've got her, like, straight upright doing perfect figure skating crossovers. And they've got him behind her, like, all the way hunched over, like, very low center of gravity, just, like, running basically behind <laughs> yeah. her, holding her hand. It's I, I also dug that they took, a, they took a page out of the Elvis Stoico book and were like, the first time we have you skating, you'll be in jeans. You may need to learn how to skate in jeans. Do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no training um, clothes for him. The amount of cable knit sweaters he wears to practice. Oh in, yes, it's insane. Many. He's yes. like dressing no. up. Nothing, nothing moisture wicking or nope. um, like forgivable as far as like stretch. Uh huh. Um, and then at the end of the scene where they practice, uh, they decide he's no good and he's going home. And Terry O'Quinn is doing what he does best: lurking <laughs> the rafters. <laughs> That's true. The camera pans to the side, and there he is up there, lurking with his weird mustache. <laughs> he does. Like, why did they? Why did they shave that so thin? It's creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> it's perfect. Don't don't ask why. Like that's it's the star. It makes the character. I bet he developed that character mustache in. It's that's like, probably this true. This is my inspiration. He definitely, yeah. he definitely has this kind of facial hair. I don't care how he says his lines, but he's this kind of yeah. facial hair guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then Doug takes a meeting yep. with the dad. Dad says, you know, here's a check for your time, and um, you're not the right fit. Uh, they zoom in on the empty box where the gold medal is supposed to be that the dad keeps in his office. That is some ridiculous mental fucking warfare he's playing on his daughter with like uh-huh. every time you come in, I want you to look at that first, see how you uh-huh. failed, and it's then you can up. come in here and talk to me. Yeah. And then, like, he says to Doug, like, hey, we were 40 seconds away from a gold medal, and we can't, our guy messed it up, and we can't find the go-to guy. And then he starts going through, apparently, a stack of papers on which he has the name of every male figure skater in the biz. And he's like, Spindle, Schmurgle, Blurgle. <laughs> and he's, like, tossing, the, he's, like, wadding them all up and tossing them in, a, in a, like, a spittoon waste can. Yeah, by the way, the I totally agree it was weird that he had that list of people's names that all rhymed. I was surprised that you remember <laughs> that, but... Well, I thought it was weird that he had a sheet of paper yeah. for every partner just sitting on his desk there. That was very odd. And he misses all of them. But so you know then, who doesn't miss? Ugh, Doug Darcy. Doug Never Darcy does. doesn't miss? Uh-uh. Even with that shitty periff. Like, how does he even oh, see yeah. it? He doesn't even look at the fucking spittoon. He just, no. like, he just tosses it behind him. Gets it. And then he says double or nothing on the check that uh, Terry O'Quinn gave him. I don't remember the guy's name. Jack, right? Jack. Yep. Jack Dorsey. No, mostly. No, Jack Mosley. Um, Shit. Anyway, and he gets it, and then now they're great friends, and he's sticking around, and he's going to be your partner. They're like Just because friends. of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> they became like, such good friends so quickly. Yes. And so they come out. Kate's sort of disappointed, but she was... Oh, I, God, she's standing there in the most ridiculous vest I've ever seen in my life. It's not a great look, but I've also always been confused. Doesn't matter the TV show. Doesn't matter the time period. I don't know about you, but when I come home and I'm wearing what I would wear to work, which is usually a suit, but even 
if I was wearing jeans and something, like I'm immediately getting into sweatpants. Yes. It's how quickly can I get into sweatpants and a t-shirt? Yes. I don't understand how she's going to go from the training rink, get out of that, and be like, I need full dress with the vest, turtleneck, jeans. Like I've never understood putting yourself together at the end of the day. It does not make sense <laughs> Nor to me. I. She's not a sweatpants character, though. That she is... can't wear a sweatpants. No, because she wears a fucking prom dress to go to bed. Yes. Uh-huh. So after that whole we're best friends now, Dougie's going to be staying with us for a while, kind of Jack like breaks down to her. And these are, again, like one of the reasons I think we're going so spot by spot through this script is it's a really well, it's like a tight script. It is. Like, it is. It, it, there's so little wasted space. And he like Gilroy gives you a reason why each of the characters do what they're doing. Because I told you it was airtight. It's airtight. You, you are 100% correct because a lesser script would just have them go to practice and you'd be like, why did, like, Kate could fire everybody else up to, like, two days ago, but can't fire this guy? Why? Yeah. But then just having that quick little 30 seconds where the dad's like, look, <laughs> is this or, is, is yeah, this this is or nothing? And it's the end of the line, yeah. honey. That's what he says. <laughs> I really should have just hit record because I'm pretty sure you could get 92% of this script word for word. I can yeah. do it pretty close. So we get them going to their first real practice and we have some more toe pick issues. Toe pick and montage. We yep. get what I love is when they get out of that practice and they go to like, we finally got to bring these characters together and get them talking because it's just been sort of shit talking. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, flirting, clearly flirting, but mm-hmm. we need to get some kind of a connection between them besides sort of the strain of competition. And. And we have a hilarious pickup game of hockey. But right before that, she tells him about Hale. He's an MBA, Harvard. So Hale's so great. And then we have a conversation about how whether Doug can read. It's important. It's important. It is important because she gets into him about, you know, how stupid are you? You didn't have to read a book in college or whatever. And he takes it so well. Like he takes that in stride, which I think sort I think he sort of of shocked her with that, where he's like, Yes, Doug can read, you know, that sort of stuff, which I think Brian and Spindler and all these other assholes would have been like, fuck off. She's she's like Mm -hmm. he's he's meeting her and they're they're having the fight together and they're they're sort of battling I guess wits. I hate to give Doug I hate to say Doug's witty, but he kinda (laughs) is. Yeah, he is. He's one hundred percent witty. So then yeah, they play pickup hockey. He embarrasses her. Uh-huh. Not only with his uh-huh. mad yes. vocabulary, which is a weird flex on matriculate, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, yeah. I had tutors. I had wonderful tutors. And she's where she gets up and he challenges her and he's like, man, I would love to see you play hockey. And she turns around wearing this bizarrely, I don't know, upholstered jacket. Yes. That she has on. Uh-huh. Yeah. 1991. And she's like, anytime. And the music is spectacular. The 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 mm-hmm. game is basically filmed as a montage. And Doug is wearing his Bobby Hole jersey. And he clearly yes. has skills. Because he can move the puck, apparently, back uh-huh. and forth. And that's all you need to know. And she is just chopping yeah. with the hockey stick. Yep. Like, just above her head, then down to the ice. <laughs> like, cleaving the ice with the hockey stick. So, yeah. So, she's going like a maniac and getting very frustrated, which is her character trait. Right. She can't do it. Perfectly, and now she's freaked out by this. And she decides after he's up like 58 nothing. And again, we don't uh-huh. have an actual net. I think that's important for how asinine it is that she takes a slap shot. Yes. Is, At his face. Yeah. And it, it knocks him in the face. And he, you know, they go to the hospital. It's mm-hmm. all good. And somehow Anton, in his magical, mystical ways, is like, ah, 
You got a partner now. Yeah. You haven't physically assaulted any of these other guys. Now I know you're in it to win it. I'm very excited yes. about this. Yes. And another really good gag and another thing where like Doug takes it tongue in cheek, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's so... Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Whatever. I just got hit in the face with a puck. I got like nine stitches down my nose. It's all good. Uh-huh. It's on his eyebrow, though. Did you notice that? He he comes out with it wrapped all around. He's got gauze all around his head. And he's like, Ugh. And she freaks out. And she's like, I thought you said it was just his nose. And then he rips it off and says, toe pick, ha, ha, ha. But the stitches are on his eyebrow. Yeah, it like goes like, down into his eye socket. Like it's not his nose. Like nobody would have told you it was his not, nose. There's zero things on his nose. Who told you that, Kate? I also thought it was funny. The, the scene starts with them rolling someone in on a stretcher. And mm-hmm. she's like staring at it like, oh my God, Doug. It's very clearly not Doug. This person is not, not Doug. Doug. That's not Doug. <laughs> no. All right. Then we get another uh, training montage. Obviously. But this is like the serious training montage. Like the other ones yes. were, look how shitty he is. Look how great she, she is. Yeah. And this one is, we are in it. Now we're working out. Now we're sweating. Yes. All kinds we're of shit. We're lifting weights. We're running outside. Yep. They're getting good. There's a moment where her alarm goes off and she's like late. Yep. She's wearing a princess lingerie. That's why she's late. Like if you didn't yeah. have to take she- an hour to get to like get laced out of your nightgown, you may have been I there. I think that time. she woke up, brushed her hair, put on makeup, mm-hmm. put on the laciest, sexiest nightgown, and then just like fell back asleep <laughs> or something. I don't know what happened. So she goes running into the ice. He's there. He pulls a full axle. Yeah. Which, good job, Doug. I, mean, I don't know how long you've been practicing. He's learning quick. Yeah. Um, the same thing happens. He still looks clunky. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he lands it with a lot of weight. <laughs> and then the same thing happens with him. He oversleeps and he gets to the ice and she's doing a flying camel. It didn't seem, it seemed weird that that wasn't reversed. You would think that he would oversleep right. first. But, you know, whatever. Right, right. Interesting uh, choice. Get the, you want me to put my hands where uh, for the lift? Yeah. Yep. And th- those are the those are the ways that they break up the montage. I think to make it not look right. like a clip show yeah. movie, is we do get these these scenes that are interspersed, very mm-hmm. short scenes where there will be like six yes. words, like you said. I want to put my hands where. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, yeah, yeah, into yeah, another yeah, montage. Yeah. Let's go. We we broke up, and, and they use the same song for the montages, so they just kind of do yeah. Okay, I don't know the lyrics. That's how it starts. That was perfect. So they, they clearly are forging this friendship, this bond, but also this this sort of yeah. team uh, between Anton, Kate, and Doug. And then we get what I consider just a bizarrely uncomfortable yes. scene where Doug's laying on a massage table <laughs> and getting a, the sweetest, sweetest Russian massage yep. from Anton. Is that something coaches do Not in the mine. figure skating game? Not my coach. I feel they like, were more like you can go work that shit out on your own. Yeah, but I also didn't have my own building, um, or you know, like. But that's what I'm my saying. Coach I feel didn't like they have live a with me. <laughs> it seems like Anton does. But they they would have a masseuse on. Yeah, there would be a the different is, person. Like I like I feel like that's if you don't have money, it's like okay, the coach is also the you know scheduler who's also the masseuse right. who's also the. Well, yeah, that's the thing that all they have is Anton. When usually there would be an off ice trainer, a coach, and then a choreographer, and then you know you well, have got, different people for different things. But they've got the ballet lady. Yes, there is the ballet lady. You're right. Yes. So correct. I'm assuming she's the choreographer. I, I assume. Oh, I didn't think about that because she's never at the rink with them. Right. Well, you can't choreograph Doug yet because he's still a oafish mountain man. We've got to turn <laughs> yes, him into. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The Minnesota machine needs to be tweaked just a little bit before he can figure skate and be choreographed. Right. The elegance needs to grow. But then we have Christmas gift co- time, right? This is the closest thing to sex we get in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Uh-uh. In the entire in the entire this romantic scene? comedy, she's naked. That's as close as we get. I guess. I don't know. Not that this movie necessarily needed a sex scene, but I think this is the, oh, we're really attracted to each other now scene. Yeah, fair. Okay, you can see it that they are now attracted to each other. Right. She's in a towel. She's brushing her hair oh so elegantly. Staring, just staring delicately. out the just, window. Yeah, just brushing that hair. It's already very brushed, but she just needs to run that comb through it just a couple <laughs> more times. And then he knocks on the door and then he just bursts in. He's like, knock, 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 it's me, dog, and just like comes in. I the honestly room. thought he I thought he threw an axe through the door to break it down. <laughs> like there's no subtlety with Doug Dorsey forcing himself into a room. Right. She's pissed. She's like, get out, I'm naked. And he's like, I've seen it before. Uh, you know, I've I had love, sex with ladies. He's like, I deal with this stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What, what stuff do you deal with? Boobs, apparently. I no, I, I appreciate that he considers sex dealing with stuff. <laughs> navigated this before yeah I, I love it he's picking up a girl at the bar and he looks at his buddy's like sorry guys i gotta go deal with this <laughs> that's hey dougie like oh god all right fine I gotta go. um mm-hmm. so he says he has a christmas present for her which is an incredibly sweet christmas gift this okay so he gives her Bobby Hull's game sweater. Yes. She gives him... She's completely unappreciative of this. She has no idea who Bobby Hull is, has no... Yeah, this was, this was the one place where I'm like, okay, this Just was kind pretend, of a Just pretend, bitch. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, your reaction to this was a little ridiculous. Yeah. Then she gives him a copy of Great Expectations because she knows yeah. that he can read. This 1395 is a, Barnes and Noble Classic. Right. That's what she... That, this isn't like a first edition. No. This isn't anything special. This was... Checking out at the counter. Oh, shit. Yes. Let me get the hardback version. He's clearly in love with her. He gave her yes. his Bobby Hole game sweater. That is the most, that is Doug Dorsey's prized possession. Yep. She dropped the ball on this one. In the 2019 version, the minute she gets that sweater, they do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Because it's way too sweet of a gesture, too sweet yeah. of a gift. I just... Like, this is... This is the part in the new version where he confesses having feelings for her. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then she hides the fact that she got him a stupid book. And in the 2019 yeah, exactly. version, I'd like to see that book be like figure skating for dummies or like some kind of gag <laughs> book instead of like great expectations. Well, it makes no sense. Yeah, this one, this one, well, I think this one was like, you're getting great and now you have great expectations. Like what? here is the, no, that's I have stupid. great expectations. That's I, stupid. I'm not saying it's smart. <laughs> I'm saying that's what I think happened because otherwise, why would you choose that yeah, book? Yeah, it makes no sense. The man wrote Proof of Life. I will not have you sitting here making decisions like he didn't know what he was talking about. I'm not going to let mean, you give those He takes. may have written Proof of Life, but he didn't write We Bought a Zoo, which is classic. No, he didn't. He was nominated for Oscars for something else instead. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we have the Christmas party that turns out to be a New Year's party. Surprise. <laughs> the whole first part, you're like, look at this Christmas party. And they're like, New Year's? <laughs> Interesting. Crazy. Yeah. So at this party, and by the way, can I just say, what a diverse group of friends the Mosleys have. <laughs> Jesus. Like, that is that is jumping out to me more and more as I get older. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that's From a pale field to, of, like, less pale. Yes. It's like, it really is pasta to egg noodles. Like, it is just that clear. Yes. It's jarring yes, to look at. And, and frankly, scary, uh-huh. to be honest with you. Yes. So everyone's in tuxes. They're at the mansion. They're going around. 
Doug's looking fly in his, I'm saying it's a $69.95 tux, but that's a $1,000 tuxedo. Yeah, nice way to sneak in 69 Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And oh, I love, too, how Kate goes in, and he's like, hey, you like the rig? You know, you like how it looks? And she's like, turn around, and she, like, pats his shoulders like that's going to do anything. Does nothing. Well, what's she going to do? Like, if it's not fitting right, well, she's like, oh, I'll take it in a little bit real quick. Yeah. Like, no, there's nothing to do. But it, she just wants to touch him. Well, obviously. Yeah, she does nothing. I have written here, she tries to fix his tusks, tux literally does nothing, and then walks away. But does his tux need to be fixed? No, he looks good. <laughs> I have, he looks good written down. I'm assuming that G-O-O-D is all in caps. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hale is there. We get to meet Hale. We finally get to meet Hale. Oh, my God. I thought he was fake. I thought this was like mm-hmm. Bogart's friend Buttercup. <laughs> And more importantly, every time, every time Bogart goes to PetSmart, they're like, he played really well with Buttercup. Oh my God, uh, Rooster today. has one of those too. And I'm, and I'm convinced they're making up Buttercup. Yeah, I've never I'm seen. Convinced Buttercup does not exist. Yes, I've never seen any of the dogs that they reportedly say Rooster yeah. is best friends with either. Nope. Yep. So I'm I'm thoroughly convinced that Boster, uh, Bogart looks up at them and goes, "I'm talking to Buttercup right now, my imaginary friend. I'll thank you to leave me alone." <laughs> Fair. So that's what I thought Hale was. But we actually get mm-hmm. Dwyer Brown walks in looking very, we couldn't get David Hyde Pierce, so now we have Dwyer Brown in the film. Yeah, but I mean, that said, perfect casting. He is, it he is. looks it's like Hale, the MBA from Harvard, who sucks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And who would be with Kate? Like, Kate would yes. be, before before experiencing Doug, would be into this before guy. Before experiencing Doug. <laughs> Look at you. Okay. Um, we learned that Kate's never had a drink of alcohol in her life. And I love Doug's reaction to that, which is like, what, are you afraid you're going to get fat? <laughs> Good work, Doug. I, 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 I don't think so, but okay. But what I love is the introduction because Hale is clearly intimidated by Doug. Yes. And I, and I get it. Yeah, because he's more handsome. I get the intimidation. And better. Yeah, well, yes. And smarter. Yep. Cooler. Woo! I, mm. Smarter? Yes, I think Doug's smarter than Hale. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's quicker. He's quicker. Hale is just like a white bread, boring guy. I think Doug has more wit. I'll agree with that. But what I love is how they try to like measure. Yes. Doug Dorsey Hale Forrest. I understand you were at Minnesota State for a while. I used to play a little hockey myself for fun. Well, let me know. We'll slap it around sometime. (laughs) Sure. And maybe you can stop by the office. Give me a hand with some currency arbitrage. Currency arbitrage, Hale? Really? You're coming to, you're coming it out. Hockey player with currency arbitrage. But you clipped it. Where what follows that is like Kate walks away and then I clipped it because I wanted your reaction to it. <laughs> Kate walks away and I forget what is said, but then Doug is like, Well, you know Kate, and Hale's like, Yeah, I do know Kate. And I don't like to see her upset. Like Doug said something to piss her off and she walks away. It's like, I don't like to see right. her upset. And Doug's like, well, I'd invest in a blindfold. <laughs> it's like, woo, Yeah, because she's a bitch. See, now, we- <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Just perfect. <sighs> I, I just, and that's another part where like, they're just negging on her so mm-hmm. bad behind her back yep. to her face. Yep. I get why she's pissed mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, surprise, it's a New Year's party, turns out. We have hundreds of sparklers indoors. It's a safety hazard. Yes. Yes. But it this is makes for a great ambiance. The scenery is fantastic. Yes. Kate, this is probably one of the hottest almost kisses you'll ever see. Yes. Kate Mosley 
loves New Year's in a way that she doesn't love anything <laughs> else in her entire life. She is so she, she, she like- fucking excited that it is New Year's. They do the countdown. She's making out with everybody in the room. This is like the first time you see this character smile. She's laughing with everyone. She's making out with Anton. She's like, who else can I tell about this new thing? New Year's. <laughs> and then she Don't turns. Don't you think, though, it's because she's like, maybe this is the year I can quit figure skating and leave all these people behind me. Maybe, and it turns out it is. Maybe it's this year. She turns, ha, 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 and then it's Doug Dorsey. They don't know what to do. They've got a sparkler between them. It's a metaphor. And then... (laughs) (laughs) They don't kiss. She smooches him on the cheek. Okay. What's up? One quick thing, because I've always had these problems with romantic comedies. Which is these sort of weird, so we say, arenas in which a sexual or even just kissing experience will happen. I mean, that sparkler is going to be burning the shit out of yes. your face. When you're holding it next to your cheek and fire yes. is going into yes. your face. That's not they sexy to me. They don't even notice it. They don't even notice it because of the like love. face is melting off, but she's so yes. hot. Yes, yes. And they almost kiss and they lean in, but then like, ah, detour, take a left, cheek yes. kiss. Yeah. That's it. Because I think they understand that if we kiss at this moment, we will probably end up having sex in front of like 240 of my dad's right, closest Right, right here on the floor, in front of Hale. <laughs> well, will Hale really even notice? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Hale is still Again, thinking about currency arbitrage. Yeah. MBA at Harvard, not smart though. <laughs> not smart. So now we finally get really what I wish this movie, if I had to say something that I wanted more in this film, it would be more of Doug's family. Yes. Doug goes home. Yeah, so Doug finally goes home, and this is where he's got to, like, tell everybody that he's been doing this figure skating. And Kate is, like, shocked that he hasn't told them. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to tell him. I'm, I'm dying to tell him. Kate, she I can't actually wait gives to him tell. a video of, like, this is what we, this is our greatest hits. That should have been the Christmas gift, by the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Good thought. So he, he goes home, and he really doesn't want to walk in. And when he walks in, it's like a hero coming home. Yes. It's like Mayor Doug is back from wherever the fuck he has been, which we find out. He told them it was the Merchant Marines. <laughs> what is the Merchant Marine? I don't know. I've never heard of the Merchant Marine. I don't know what it is. I've actually Googled it two or three times and I've read it. And at the time I was like, oh, that's the Merchant Marine. And then five minutes later, I forget what the Merchant Marine is. I'm in the military. I'm an active duty military (laughs) member. I have no fucking clue what the Merchant Marines is. And I'm never going to know. And the brother, Squiggy, which I imagine (laughs) is what people call him, is like Captain Doug, Ensign Doug, Lieutenant Doug. I'm like, okay, in the Merchant Marine, do they give you, do you have? I don't know. I cannot answer these questions for you because I do not know. it blows my mind. I'm like, of all the things, couldn't he have just been like, I went away? <laughs> Maybe. All right. I, I need to do a play-by-play breakdown of this scene. He yep. comes in. Dougie. Everybody's like giving him noogies, <laughs> merchant marines, lieutenant captain, all the things you just said. Doug's being like quiet. So there's like awkward pauses. In the awkward pauses, we hear an old man say, do you still have your sea legs? Which is a weird one. Um, yep. And then Doug says, I've been doing, well, the brother gets it out of him. He's like, I've been doing a, doing a little figure skating. And the brother doesn't react. And then the same sea legs man says. <laughs> I was hoping you'd talk about this. What are you doing? Finger painting? Finger painting? <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect delivery of that line. That's exactly how he says it. Yep. And then the brother, like, then it's just like, 
complete silence in the bar. They hate figure skating. Figure skating is the enemy of this small town. Figure skaters murdered all of their parents. How dare he <laughs> figure skate? And it clips to the slut from before. Yep. Clips yep. to her. Who who just made out with him when he walked in. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Made out, made out with him hard. Hey, Dougie. Some other girl pushed him away, yeah. made out with him. Oh, yeah, 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 Doug, yeah. Doug's, Doug's doing just fine. She is shocked. She has so many regrets about everything mm-hmm. that's <laughs> happened between her and Doug for her entire life. Then it clips to Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. He is astonished yep. that Doug yep. has dabbled in figure skating. They, they are filled with rage yes. to an extent that I don't think is reasonable. The brother, ashamed ushers Doug out the back of the bar. We will talk about this in the back of the bar. They are yelling at each other in the back of the bar, just like they did in the beginning of the movie. And Doug's like, we could go all the way. And he's like, all the way to where? Fuck you, Doug. Like, like, I don't understand. (laughs) What? Does the brother not get that Doug was a world-class athlete? I don't know. I I think he's a little jealous. I went to the the Olympics once. Yeah. I probably could try and make it back. Oh, yeah. And the brother's like, the music, the costumes. And Doug's like, it's going to be different this time. And he's like, no, they're going to make a figure skater out of you sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're going to make you figure skate like a figure skater. Yeah. Figure skater. Like, what is the problem? So he's he's ashamed. He goes with his tail between his legs back to wherever it is. I did want to question transportation, though. Yeah. Because they said he was going home for the weekend. Yes. Which is Minnesota. Yeah. Which in my understanding, is not close to New York. Listen, I went home to Illinois for the weekend last weekend, so don't even. Yeah, but how'd you get there? A plane. Did he not take exactly. a plane? Exactly. When he gets to the bar, the Greyhound bus like leaves in front of him <laughs> and he's standing there in the bag. I forgot about that. You're totally right. And so that's my problem. Not about going home for the weekend. I've gone to Pekin for the weekend, but... Um, then we clip to costuming. Yes. And he's standing there. This is there. when we're, we're finally getting ready for competition. I feel like it's been a lot of foreplay, <laughs> but now we're getting ready for competition. Yeah, so he just got done telling his brother it's going to be different. And now he's, like, covered in all these sequins. Um, they're pinning, a, like, a velvet sash on him and saying he doesn't want to hide his light under a basket. And so they're not putting it over his package so that his um, penis can show. Like, just, <laughs> it's just a just genius, genius Yeah, writing. it's good stuff. Um, then they have the fight over the music and like whether that's going to be cool or not cool. Uh, they're fighting her well, tail's and, delicate ears. And Hale has a 6.30 appointment. <laughs> yes. Then Rick Tuttle, the old, old coach that was mean to her, comes back and is like, God, you're a joke, Kate. You're skating with this hockey yeah, player. Right? And she's like, he's the best skater I've ever skated with. He's going to make you cry. He's so good. And then Rick Tuttle's like, all right, I'll just fuck off then. And Rick Tuttle is insane. Oh, yeah. He's an insane, he's an insane person. person. Why is he even in because her building? He's trespassing. He's like sneaking. And he's in. in a full suit, yeah. which is nuts. Yeah. And he's like, you got to, I, I hate it when people stay past. She's 24. Yeah. I get that that's older. Or it is older. Age, probably. It is older. But, but it's not like she's 39. No. I mean,. I mean, I, yeah, it's it's older, but it's, time, it's you could still be skating. And yeah. what's weird? And they already know that we're going to have another Winter Olympics in two years yeah. anyway. They've already made that announcement. Rick Tuttle, who's apparently a figure skating coach, says to Kate yep. Mosley, Nationals, Kate, after all this time, <laughs> as if Nationals is not a qualifier for all the people to get to the Olympics. As if it's like, oh, you're yeah. stooping to going to Nationals? It's like, well, yeah. everybody's got to go to Nationals. That's how you qualified did you not know this rick (laughs) 
Rick, I'm starting to figure out why I didn't win with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you don't know anything about figure skating. You're a curling coach. That was the problem. <laughs> God damn it. But even if curling, I think you still have to go to nationals first. You probably have to qualify. I don't think you just get to like sign your name on a sheet at the door of the Olympics and be like, <laughs> curling, <laughs> yes, curling. I would like to do that. Eight. I have my I will own be skating room. today. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Nationals. Wiederman twins. Yes. Well... Before we get there, we we kind of missed the scene that I am 100% convinced they forgot to cut out of the film. Oh, that's why I didn't take any notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> because there's after the costume and music selection and they're starting to they're starting to fight about what should our program look like. Mm-hmm. And they're having all these creative differences and then we get this random scene where Anton knocks on her door and she's like, "What?" You let him go for the weekend? I skate for you sick. I skate for you injured. I skate for you seven days a week so you can turn Dr. Frankenstein into whatever. Mm-hmm. And you let him go whoring for the weekend uh-huh. in New York. And that's all we get out of that scene. Well, then like, Anton th- clarifies that he went to Boston. Yeah, Anton corrects her. Mm-hmm. Not that he's not whoring, mm-hmm. but that he's in Boston. Yes, I do not know the function of this scene. There's there's no tie-in. She doesn't even have a backhanded comment about like maybe before nationals you don't go whoring, whatever. I don't know. I have no clue why that scene wasn't there. I want to see the extra footage because clearly that scene used to tie into something. Right. So, Tony, I know you're listening. Nope. If you wouldn't mind supplying us with the full original script, I'd appreciate it. That's uh, Cigarette Burns Podcast at Yahoo.com. <laughs> so, okay, we get to Nationals. We're on the Nationals practice rink. The Wiederman twins. Don't get too close. You'll go into Sugar Shock. Then there's Brian, the ex-husband. He's not really the ex-husband, but... She's in such a good mood. Yeah, she's ready for nationals. She's she's ready to prove Rick Tuttle wrong. So Brian, her old partner who didn't put her down in time at the Olympics, is now skating with Lori Pekrovsky, a super hot, I guess, redhead. I mean, she's she looks like she's from the 90s. Yeah, and so he's doing some backwards, like, Choctaws and some, like, <laughs> weird little footwork where he can waggle his butt around um, toward them backwards. And then he just, like... Yep. Does this, like, snowplow stop, like, hey, it's me, Brian, I'm back. And then he's like, I understand why you've been hiding this guy. And then he, like, winks at him, which makes Doug very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I feel like this was, like, this was Brian flirting with Doug, right? Yes, 100%. Was... Okay. Brian then overtly winks at Doug, so I think <laughs> okay. it's pretty clear. And Kate finds this very funny. Then as they're skating away after the little intimidation routine, then Lori Pekarovsky turns around and winks at Doug. And then it's like, man, they're both into it. And, and Doug not nearly as uncomfortable with that. No, he's like, that's going to happen. Good, 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 yep. good, 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 good. Mental note. Yep. Lori Pekarovsky. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So then we get, we, we obviously have to break Hale and her up. Yes. And we only had Hale for a couple of days on filming. So the quickest way that we can do this is get him in a hotel room and just break him up. Yes. Well, I already, so Kate saw, so Lori Pekarovsky after this gets in an elevator and Doug's in the elevator and she's like going down and he's like, you convinced me, which that's, that's, that's a little bit of like, you know, innuendo there. I don't know if you caught it. Right. Um, and then they get out of the elevator laughing and this pisses Kate off because she loves Doug. And so then she's pissed off and she's looking for her earrings. Where are my yep. earrings? My earrings. <laughs> and Hale's like... Clearly, she's pissed off because she's in love with Doug. And then Hale finds her earring in plain sight, and that pisses Kate off even more. And then she he tells her that all her fighting with Doug is clearly just foreplay, and he leaves. Yep. Fucks off back to Harvard. Yeah, I don't... It's, it's so unresolved. Mm-hmm. I actually wanted a little more Hale. Like, I wanted more confrontation. Well, like, maybe a confrontation between him and Doug. I don't know. I... 
I felt Hale was very mature and just fucked right off. I loved it. It showed that they no. didn't really love each other. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He didn't really give a shit. I think it was probably more, I work for your dad. Mm-hmm. If I marry you, I'm secure. I'm like, this is, mm-hmm. I'm taken care of. Yeah. Because uh, we haven't mentioned it, but I mean, he's got to be a billionaire. That fucking house is insane. She has her own like, rank. Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack Mosley's doing real well for himself. They're paying for a live-in Olympic figure skating coach. <laughs> That's fair. That's probably not cheap. I don't no. know how that works. No. All right. So it's nationals. They get going and they go to the short program. Short program. And remember, Hale said foreplay because apparently they got real excited in the writer's room about that word. Yeah. That just kept coming uh-huh. back. He's real nervous. He throws up beforehand and breathes in her face. It's funny. Um, their program is mostly arm movements to car sounds. <laughs> yeah, Cole's doing um, some of them right now. <laughs> yes. It, it was a program where I was like, this is clearly right before figure skating got hyper athletic where people were like, we're going to just do like nine triples yeah. in, in a program. They do one side-by-side double axle in which she lands a full two seconds after him, which is a career ending program. Yeah. yeah. And you, you um, need to land at the same time. Yes. But for directing, they wanted to show him land and then her land, I guess. Um, and well, then he's so much better. He gets done first. That's he's I guess, so much better yeah. than her now. And then the, uh, the program is over and they've done fantastic. And now he's, he's struggling with the whole, like, wait a minute, we don't have a decision tonight. Yeah. We got to, I, I just wish they went short program, long program. That was it. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. I wish. Oh, it's like foreplay. Oh, uh-huh. little tie in there. And, she, and Kate's, her out. And Kate, it does. She's like, oh my God, he knows that I'm in love with him. Yeah. Whatever. Then we cut pretty quickly to the long program. Yeah, they do a fantastic long program. Everybody's excited. Crowds on their feet. Horrible scores. This is back Which when is... figure skating judges could just fuck you for no reason. And then yep. Doug goes back into the the waiting room, the warm-up room and is like, this is horseshit. Blue, you can't do this. He's like throwing his guards all over the place. It's like, fuck this And I this love sport. that they had him still walking around on the skates. So he's like lumbering around, yeah. looking like an idiot, <laughs> yeah. all pissed but off. But he has a point. He's like, you call this he shit a, a sport? Point. You call this a sport? Like, this is not... We've had this conversation many times. Yeah, but where now said, the scoring system is precise, so we don't have sure, that conversation sure. anymore. So then <laughs> they know that they're going to get third and they're not going to go to the Olympics. And then the Wiederman twins take the ice, and guess what happens? Lederhosen fail. His skate gets <laughs> caught in her Lederhosen, and they just swivel and like it's just it's horrible. They fall. Why didn't they just have them fall on jumps? No, like, it's this- so much better. The the uh, the commentator who I think might be JoJo Starbuck, the, she's in it at one point as one of the interviewers, um, and I think they may have used her as the commentator as well. But the, she's like, his skate got caught in her leader hose. It's incredible, iconic line. And then Doug is all all in again though. Yes. he's like, fuck yeah, yeah, this is incredible. I love this. Sport. Yeah. It's awesome. So now they're going to go have tequila night. She has her first drink of alcohol, which is five shots of tequila in rapid succession. <laughs> I mean, good looking out, Doug. Yeah. Maybe maybe we start with a glass of wine. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a beer. I mean, Doug's like, we're going to do the salt mm-hmm. shot lick game. Yeah. That's how I'm going to introduce you to alcohol. In Doug's defense, he learns the error of his ways pretty quickly because she's immediately all over him in a way that he's like, oh, no. This was a bad See, idea. This, but he continues to load her up. I mean, it's not like they stopped doing shots. I mean, they, but they're dancing and dancing and they're still doing shots. And then they're dancing and she starts like touching on his neck and stuff. And then they clip immediately to the hotel room. So I don't know that he yeah. lets her take any more shots after that. 
Although we do have to talk about the dancing real quick uh-huh. because you see her oh like this really awesome, just like upper body <laughs> dancing, right? just like punching the air and just like yeah. her eighties hair going all over the place. <laughs> it's nuts. And it turns out because she still had a broken foot mm-hmm. that she's on a dolly for that. <laughs> so she can't move her lower body. It's great. And Sweeney was like, yeah, man, I'm just dancing out there with everything I got. And I'm not good. And she was so good dancing, but she only had her upper body. I'm like, so good. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, A for effort. Yeah, absolutely. It, it sells what we need to sell, which is a, a drunk chick at the bar. She was committing who, to those moves. She was, yeah. And she was like, these moves are going to get me laid. Well, and also her tequila shot face acting was outstanding. It was. Her reaction she, shots were great. There's a reason she parlayed this into One Tree Hill. I mean, she <laughs> fucking aced. Reaction shots in this film. Yeah, uh uh-huh. So we get back to the hotel, and they're having, like, Doug just wants to get her to bed, because Doug is a nice guy. He's a good dude. Apparently. And she is all about, like, we are doing this tonight. We're having sexual intercourse. And he's like, it's not right, Kate. What about Hale? And she's like, Hale and I, we're through. (laughs) And he's like, oh, but but you're bombed, Kate. You're bombed. I can't. This is bad. And then she fucking flips out. And is like, everybody's always telling me what to do. And he's like, you're a lousy drunk. After she calls him a lousy date. Yeah. Loving the alliteration. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, what time What time at night do you think this is? Mm, I bet they close the bar. I'm thinking it's like two. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I was thinking about. Two o'clock. So they go back. By the time they leave the bar at two, they get back to the hotel. They have their little fight. It's probably 2.30. Mm-hmm. He gets back to his his hotel room. So we're somewhere between 2.30 and 3 a.m. Yeah. And oh, he's like, yeah. I, need, I need some more booze. Yes. So he decides to strip down to a tank top and jeans. Yeah. And start drinking mini bottles of liquor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tiny ones. Then there's a knock at the door and we all want it to be Kate. Yes. I'm so sorry. And I think had she said I'm sorry, then she could have had sex with him. I think that's all he was looking for. Was yeah. An apology. Uh-huh. Turns out, Lori Pekarovsky. Lori. Who basically just looks like the Little Mermaid. Yeah. That, she that just was wants to compare some notes. At 2.45 in the morning. Yeah. She knew he'd be there. And probably... <laughs> Yeah, probably even later because he's drunk a couple of those bottles. Mm-hmm. So so let's call it three. She also and compliments have... his sit spin on the way in, which is a weird compliment for figure skating. Everyone can pretty much do a sit spin. I, I it feel... looks the same. Everybody does it. Well, And I feel like Doug at this point in the night because obviously they had the mm-hmm. long program. They went out drinking. He's drinking some more. Mm-hmm. He's probably tired. He's probably annoyed. At this point, isn't his response to her just like, if, I mean, <laughs> if, if we're going to do this... Can we just do this already? Yeah, just get it done, Lori. And so Kate wants to apologize the next morning and goes to her, his room, not surprisingly, knocks on the door, mm-hmm. hung over as hell, wearing the big sunglasses. In a towel. Yeah. Lori answers the door, and Doug asks for more towels, fresh mm-hmm. as a daisy, Doug. Recovered but quickly Doug is a from heavy the night of drinking. Dr- I think he has a high tolerance, <laughs> Doug. He's a professional <laughs> hockey so he- player from Minnesota, so I think he knows how to take a tequila <laughs> shot. So he's back, and she is fucking pissed. He chases her down the hallway. And this is where I feel like Doug, in his argument to her as to why they didn't have sex, kind of goes off the rails. Where he's like, you just told me last night mm-hmm. you and Hale were done. I'm I'm sorry. I don't downshift that fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. <laughs> we Doug. all know you do. Yes, you do. But okay, he wanted Doug. to be special because he's in love with her. Of course he did. And that's uh-huh. all well and good. But the concept that he's like, uh, you treated me like a hired hand, and then last night you wanted to have sex, 
I, I just can't I can't shut it off that quickly. That's not no. his best argument because Doug Doug shuts yeah. it down quick. But the truth is is too raw. It's too raw. The truth. Mm-hmm. He can't handle it. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to get inside. He doesn't want to. Right. What's in here, Doug? Now we gotta we gotta get ready for the Olympics, though. Do you know who's competing at the Olympics? It's a team that's not competing at nationals because they're Russian or whatever. And do you know what their names are? I think Anton Pomchenko knows what their names are. <laughs> Bruskin. Shmilkov and Bruskin. And what is big problem, coach? Smilkov and Bruskin. Who? Smilkov and Bruskin. Smilkov and Bruskin are unbeatable. So, hello, Soviet surprise package. Goodbye, gold medal. And we're back. Yes, Shmilkov that is... and Bruskin, who, by the way, played by a real Canadian figure skating team, whose name I can't remember now. Whose hair Outstanding is out of this, hair. in this movie. So, Roy decides... Kate and Doug are not good enough at skating to beat Shmirkov and Brushkin. And right. so he has to come up with an impossible move. Right. Let's not talk. I don't even want to talk about the Legano, Nilegano. Nilegano. <laughs> uh, I'm certain. Move that he designed. Yeah. I mean, impossible. Not possible. So, in order to get her to fly upwards instead of horizontally, he's got to smash her face and shoulders and head through the ice down so that he can then get to up. Does that make sense? It totally makes okay. sense. Then, it's why this is impossible. <laughs> in order to make it into a throw where she twists around spinning herself, then he's also got to somehow twist her skates with such force that she's going to spin, which doesn't make any sense because the way that you make that happen in a jump is you bring your leg around and bring your arms around such that like you are making spinning force happen. Does that make sense? And her it makes sense. arms and legs are already in. Where is she going to get the spin from? So she's already she flying get, head she first, that going. horizontally toward the boards. And she, there's no spin at all. And so somehow she's supposed to throw her up and then spin around and then catch her. It makes no fucking sense. Like, no sense. And what I what I appreciate about the coaching of Pumpchenko is that instead of just adding elements that are doable mm-hmm. to their routine mm-hmm. that would then up their potential point value, mm-hmm. he's like, nope, I mean, we're not going to do that. In 1991, we've got female skaters trying to land triple jumps. We've got the first men trying to land quads. That's not going to actually happen in competition for a few years on either side. Right. Um, well, we've got, we've sorry, triple axles on the female side. Why don't we just do side-by-side triple axles? I think at right. that time, I, never been done in competition for a pairs team. That's what I'm saying. There there were things that could be tried that are Normal. doable, logical, yeah. reasonable. And we could have beat her up not... just as bad doing triple axles as we did doing the Panchenko yeah. twist. Also, apparently the harness has not been invented in 1991, which I know it was because I was on one at the time. <laughs> um, it's a... It's like a rope that hangs from the ceiling of a rink um, that keeps you from not falling when you do super difficult jumps like this. They pull you up on a rope. So this impossible move, which she's looking at and she's like, you're crazy. This is nuts. Are you are, are you insane? And Doug, who's been figure skating for about <laughs> 22 days, skates by it and immediately breaks down. Oh, yeah, no, I can do this. Yeah, because he's not this. the one that's going to be flying face first no. into the boards every time. 
No, and what I love is Doug is the one who names the move. Uh-huh. Bamchenko twist. Thanks, Doug. Great that's, line delivery. That's genius. Just good Very... stuff. He's like, we can call it something else. What's your problem with it? <laughs> is it the name that I thought of? Is that your problem with it? It's like, no, it's physically impossible. It would take yeah. my head and shoulders going through the ice in order to accomplish this move. I must break both I... clavicles and my skull <laughs> to go through the ice I and mean, then go up. Doug would not even be able to do this with a baby. No. He could not do this with an infant child. You couldn't do it with a doll. Like, there's no... there's. No. No, there's no way this works. So we get into our, I think, seventh or eighth montage of the movie mm-hmm. of them just beating the shit out of Moira Kelly. Put her on a harness. Put her on a harness. <laughs> I don't understand. Or put, put some cushion on her somewhere. Yeah. She's just being thrown around the ice. And then they're looking at her like, you know, are you guys going to be able to do this <laughs> without, like, you going to get this? And I, if I'm her, I'm like, I don't do anything in this move. Yeah. I do nothing. Uh-huh. No, apparently she's got... Talk to Hercules. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what the fuck? Apparently she's got to generate spin from somewhere once she gets up in the air. I don't know how she's going to do that. When when the dad's looking at it, it's like, are they going to get this before they kill each other? It's like, no, it's a pretty good chance that he's going to kill your daughter. Yes. There's a pretty solid shot that you he will be a single skater yeah. at the end of the week. And again, they're not killing each other. Um, 100%, she's the only one that's going to die. He's in zero danger yes. here. Yeah, no, no. He's at worst, he's gonna like maybe nick his hand on the blade. Mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's that's fixable. Yeah. But apparently they they nail it because they go to the Olympics like with it. They're yeah. Like this is gonna be We've in the got program. This. And Kate has, for reasons that I don't quite understand, become kind of okay with Doug's uh, sleeping with Lori because she's in a happy-go-lucky mood once she gets to the Alberville press conference. Yes. She's she's all good. Mm-hmm. And they're having this press conference and she's like, oh, it's it's orgasmic. Mm-hmm. And then everyone laughs. And Lori Pekarovsky's like, oh my God, does she know? Oh, yeah, no. she yeah, saw she you knows. guys. She, you answered the door, Lori. God, Lori's yeah, not I mean, smart. Nah. No. Nah, she's not. And so the press conference goes fine. They do the short program, but they get in this bizarre fight about the button at the neck. Mm-hmm. She wants him to button his neck button. He doesn't want to button it. But it's, it's not really and about the button, Cole. It's about love. <laughs> It's the love I fight. need you to button up your love, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. They say that they do a technically flawless program, but it's just it feels out of sync. Yeah, they didn't look, look like at, they liked each other. Look at that footwork in that program and tell me if they're doing the anywhere near the same footwork. Hey, it looks perfect to me. Uh-huh. Okay, it looks perfect. all right, okay. I, I've been watching figure skating for years. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what's perfect. Mm-hmm. Doug Dorsey is perfect. And you can tell that they messed up because the camera work in this is like flying around on the ceiling. Yep. Like it's all like zoom. Like usually and, and it's straight the, line zoom. Now this is like a figure eight. And this is the darkest uh, rink that they've skated. on. Yes. But the fullest Jesus. audience, they're just waving Everyone's all the American there. flags they can find. It's crazy. And the short program, they get kind of bad scores on. Mm-hmm. Do, do I understand correctly that you do the short program mm-hmm. and then whoever has the best score goes last and then so on and so forth? Is that how it goes um, for the long program? I don't know how it is now. But yes, back then, I think that would have been how it is. That's what I, I always remember. remember. Was like if you, if yeah. you have the lead, then you go last because you then get yeah. to see what you have to beat. I think that's correct. So they go back to the rental house and people are flipping shit. Oh, God, they're all screaming at each other. And they're all just throwing Kate under the bus. And we get this pretty harsh quote from Doug Mm -hmm. about Kate. Didn't deliver. Didn't get it done. What do you want, a pat on the back? 
did I become the designated asshole around here? You want to know what happened? Ask the Ice Queen. I needed the gold medal. So maybe you should think about that in the future next time. Oh, is that time. what you told Brian in Calgary? You can kid yourselves all you want about what happened. I've seen the tapes. Brian was getting it done. Ask him. He'll tell you. Today it's about a button. You people are all excuses. You want to point You're a finger? damn son of a bitch. Gotta find that go-to guy. You should have started with a go-to girl, Jack. All right, that cuts it. That, that, that's hard, man. But it hits her, and she's like, you're right. You're right about all of it. You came How every day. How that got to her, I have no idea. I would have been like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, I think she's kind of done. Like, she had a little conversation with her dad before the Olympics of, like, what is this for? I don't even like doing this. Like, Yeah, uh, you that's know. a good point. And she's like, this must have been a nightmare for you, Doug. Thanks for showing up every day. I've been a total bitch to you for years. And I'm sorry, Anton. Like, it didn't have to be this way. But I've decided to quit figure skating right now because of all of the yelling. You know, while Doug is going pretty hard on her, we cut to a scene where there's, like, just dialogueless pining. Mm-hmm. That great 90s, oh, God. you know, she's like Peter Cetera, but not Peter Cetera music uh-huh. playing. <laughs> she's, like, looking, she's sitting on a windowsill with her knees up to her chest and her Bobby Hole sweater pulled over her legs, just, like, staring at the moon. I just wanted them to cut to a scene where he was just wrapped up naked in the Great Expectations book. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And just... Hugging it so hard, but that's not what happens. No. He's walking around pining no. for her. Yeah, but they're they're clearly both in love. Yeah, and they get to the long program or the morning of the long program, and that's where she breaks it to Doug. Like, I'm retiring. Yeah, I'm done. This is it. Yeah. But I, I guess we did skip a spot where he got really pissed after the short program, where she said, "We're not going to do the Pumpchenko." Oh yes, yes, we're not yes. doing that. So the reporter's like, "Are you going to do the Pumpchenko?" She's like, "It's not ready." And Doug is furious, and and really, I guess that's what sort of leads mm-hmm. into this tirade that he goes on right at the house yes but then they they get to the rink and they're you know they're stretching and this is where the movie i mean really wraps up quickly real quick yeah they're like whoa we gotta we gotta cut this in at 145 we gotta be done here yes i mean he kind of out of out of nowhere tells her i love you yes he's like he's not doing well and he's like i gotta get this out before we skate because it's our last skate and like I'm just trying to get clear of some stuff right now. I got to go into this with a clear head. And she's like, okay, you don't want to fight anymore. That's fine. And he's like, no, like, I'm falling in love with you. And then, like, they're like, hey, Dorsey, Mosley, get on the ice. And they're like, ah, we're trying to have a conversation here. You get some time. There's a, I think it's like 90 seconds or something where you get, you know how figure skaters take the ice and they do a couple laps and they do like a couple stretches and stuff like that. Yeah. You have a certain amount of time to take your spot and start that music. Like, they need to back off. They're taking their time. It's fine. Yeah, but it, you, you're also forgetting that that's the normal Olympics where there's lights on and stuff. This is the dark <laughs> Olympics. Shit's got to run quickly. <laughs> this is the dark Olympics. Also, got to get this shit going. There's a event coordinator with a headset that's between them when Doug yes. says, "I'm saying that I love you," and that guy's face, best acting in the movie. Well, he was like, "This, this is my brother shot. number one. This guy, <laughs> yep, DB Sweeney, was like, then the rest of the cast. I'm gonna make it in Hollywood." Off of this non-speaking part right yes, here. Yes, and he nearly did. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they take the ice, and Kate's got this new attitude to her. She's got a sort of a cockiness and a bravado that she hasn't had, mm-hmm. which is her sort of loosening up like Doug's always wanted her to. And he's the one who's trying to be like, no, it's too dangerous. Let's play it safe. And she's like, let's kick a little ass. I'm in the mood to kick a little ass. And then they do yeah. it. They do the Pamchenko. And she lives somehow. She lived, um, no broken bones. And um, she says she loves him too at the end of the program. And he says, uh, just remember who said it first. And then they make out hard. They finally kiss. Yeah, they fuck right there on the ice. No, that doesn't happen. 
That would have been hilarious. That would have been like, yep, they won. And the judges are like, 10, 10, 10, 6.0, 6.0. So uh, what I love about the movie, though, is it rolls credits right there. Mm -hmm. We don't need to wrap it up with Anton and the dad and all that shit. Yeah, And we don't know if they won. Uh We don't know if they won. Doesn't matter. no idea. They did win. Even though they go go last. Mm Mm-hmm. And why Schmielkoff and Brushkin didn't go last, because they clearly got perfect scores the night before. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. neither here nor there. That is the cutting edge. Yes. Like, this is a quintessential romantic comedy. It's it's the best romantic comedy in my eyes. But again, wow. it's a very wow. big part of my childhood. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't blame you. I love it. I mean, Jed, who obviously wasn't a big part of this episode, watched it just because. And that's why he's like, oh, man, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to talk about mm-hmm. it. I got to say something about it because it's so watchable. Mm-hmm. The rewatchability of this movie is way up there. Oh, yeah. It holds up. And what I, I mean, the outfits and, and I, don't. The music doesn't. But the, the movie holds up. Yeah. Yeah. The movie itself, the, the through line holds up mm-hmm. just fine. And... They were going to make a sequel. They wrote a script to a sequel. Mm -hmm. And according to Mr. Sweeney, the money was embarrassingly low and the script was terrible. That's what all the reports are, is that the script was just complete shit. I'm glad they didn't do it then. Yeah, I I, I am too. I mean, I would have liked to have seen them do a sequel because Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney have a lot of chemistry. They do. Like, it's legitimate chemistry. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them became so big that it sort of became cost prohibitive to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's one of the things that sucks about, like, Major League Two, where they couldn't get Wesley Snipes back because it's just cost prohibitive. He right. just became too big of a star. That didn't quite happen for Moira Kelly and D.B. Sweeney, so it was totally doable. Mm-hmm. But they decided, instead, we're going to do some sort of straight-to-video or TV movie yeah. sequels. And Was that the script I, that you're referring to in the Christy Carlson Romano vehicle? I, I've looked. I, I have not been able to find what the original... Oh, I see. Because... Boy, was that two thing script. rough. Because I've watched two Whoa. through, I think, four. I think there's a fourth Did you watch one. Fire and Ice? There is a fourth <laughs> Yeah, one. I've Fire watched Fire and Ice. Ice. Is that four? That's four. Okay. There's there's Going for the Gold, which is Christy Carlson yep. Romano, which is a TV movie where, like, isn't it a rollerblader? I think the first one is a rollerblader. The second guy, I think, is like a skateboarder. Is that correct? And okay. the third one? I I didn't. After I watched two, I'm like, I'm not watching Chasing the Dream or Fire. Maybe the third one. I thought I want to say there was one with the roles reversed, though, where like the girl was the. I don't know, but yes, I definitely remember Fire and Ice because it was a standout of how bad it could get. (laughs) Well, and the the thing that pissed me off about Going for Gold was twofold. One, it ruins the end of Cutting Edge Uh because it tells you that they won the gold. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. And then the other part is like, there's some weird nudity love triangle stuff yeah. in it like well also I, like it made no sense i christy carlson romano just didn't quite have it yeah didn't didn't quite have it nah she was very good on even stevens let's leave it at that was she <laughs> okay she she had a very good voice in kim possible yes yes yep there you go christy see we love you yeah sure come on the show <laughs> So before I let you go, because I've taken up a ton of your time and can't thank you enough for coming on, I did ask you to tell me who you want in the reboot of this movie. This whole thing is like, okay. And there's an entire page. Holy shit, there's an entire page This of is so hard. Because the thing is, okay. the actors have to be like under 30, or at least believably be able to play. Sweeney wasn't. Sweeney wasn't. But like believably there's something about the 90s that like you can get by with that you can't cast like russell crowe or something like you can't cast like a 
pump the brakes. That man's a national treasure. <laughs> Fair. All right. So I was trying to find like actual young actors and actresses. I think so. My list here. Can you tell me yours first? Because I just I'm worried mine are bad. Nope, because I had to do casting you, on your podcast, okay. so you got to do it first. So my first thought was, like, who can play, like, a, a very bitchy woman but, like, also has a lot of comedy chops? So I was writing down names like maybe Amelia Clark, maybe Kristen Ritter, but I was thinking those women are probably too old for this role because they look like they're 30 or over, probably. Um, See, I really, had Amelia, Amelia Clark, Clark as, then as made me think— Kate. Jai Courtney could be a great Doug Dorsey. Because <laughs> I had her written down. I'm like, because the girls are easier to cast than the boys in this movie. Because the guy has to have this like rugged charm of like handsome but not. Yeah. Um, and all the young guys out there are really pretty right now. Um, so I was like. Yeah, there's there's a there. Jai Courtney's a great one. Because when you think about the younger actors that are out there right now, like Chalamet can't no. do it. Hedges, Hedges can't yeah. do it. Ansel, Ansel Elgort. No, is, I, I had him. Like, I thought about it. all of these guys that you're naming. They can't do it. So, uh, but anyway, I scratched Amelia Clark and Kristen Ritter because I'm like, they're just not, they look too old. And they don't look old, I just mean, for like a, they can't play 23 or I know whatever. What you're so then. Right. Well, and that's one of the problems with the hockey players having that hockey player transition. Right. And that's one of the things that Sweeney had was you totally bought him as a hockey player. Right. And I don't buy any of these, any of young Hollywood as a hockey player. No, like, I don't buy Miles Teller guys. as a hockey player. I don't buy any yeah. of those guys. So, um, like, so I wrote down, I think my final, I wrote down Emma Stone. I wrote down Sarah Hyland. Um, but I think my final. I like Sarah Hyland. Yeah, That's wouldn't good. she be great? I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. She's probably my number two. I think, though, my finalist is Allison Brie. I'm going to cast Allison Brie. That's a great one. Allison Brie's a great one. Comedic, but she, uh, like, she'll know the timing. She'll know how to do this yep. role. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> so then I moved into, and I didn't know what to do because it's like you need that perfect child. Like, I want to cast D.B. Sweeney. So I thought about Jai Courtney. It's like you've got all these Hemsworths and stuff out there. You don't want any of these, like, pretty muscle boys. Um, you want, like, a younger Dax Shepard or, like, no, somebody I who's, don't. like, not no, attractive. I don't. <laughs> no, I, I never do either. But like somebody who's just like, you're like that guy. That's the guy you want that you're like, you, you know, who the younger version of who I think we need is like Josh Demel, uh -huh. like a really younger Josh Demel. Sure. But still him really pretty. Yeah, but he is. But he, he does have a rugged. He does have a rugged edge to him. Like when you see him in uh, Las Vegas, like mm -hmm. he does have a little bit of that really good looking, like super good looking guy. But there's there's some off kilter stuff about his good looks. It's not just like a Hemsworth where you're like, right. God, God was having a good day for the Hemsworth. Right. Good, good for you. Like there's, I think a young Demel would have been good. Yeah. So I'm thinking like maybe a, like a comedy actor, maybe like an Andy Samberg would be fun or like, or somebody who's known for a different like sports movie, like a Michael B. Jordan. We could put like yeah. him in the hockey player role. And like, that would be kind of interesting. Um, but then I nailed it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I love pretty... how you're like I went off on everything that was wrong. So yeah. if this if this is Chris Pine, I'm just gonna stop recording. <laughs> no, but I think I think this would be good. Allison Bree and Jake Johnson from New Girl. Yeah, I like Jake Johnson there. I like yeah. that. I think that's perfect because he's not like pretty handsome, but he's handsome enough and very charismatic, and he's oafy enough that I feel like you could believe him as a hockey yeah, player. Yeah, I like that a lot actually. That was. That's I what didn't I have got. that. That's perfect. And nobody for Anton? Uh, yes. Ilya Kulik. 
is an aging Russian figure no, skater. Uh, who thing. I think he's would be aging. perfect. Yeah, I know that you hang out with him at the gym or whatever. Um, I would cast Ilya as Anton. I would cast uh, Terry O'Quinn yes. as Jake Mosley. <laughs> Yep. You would have to keep Jake. Although I think you make a good point with Ilya, who I know you haven't seen him in a while, looks 20. Yep. That, that, that tracks for me. Yep. But 100%. I think the way they fucked this movie up in 2019 is they cast mm-hmm. actual figure skaters and try to make them actors as opposed to casting actors and just teach them how to skate. No, I think the way they fucked this up in 2019 is they cast like Lucy Hale and Zach Efron in also these roles. Oh, Ef- that's Efron the problem. would absolutely be on top on the top of the list. And you would yeah. see... Lucy Hale would yeah. 100% be on top of this too. And they're not going to be good. Like, I don't need abs in this movie. Mm-mm. Like, I remember... That's what the problem was. Like, I don't want a Hemsworth yeah. hanging out with all his abs well, and, and stuff. Well, uh, and the funny part is, is I was listening to an interview with Josh Hartnett, and he was getting asked about the difference between being in Black Hawk Down with Ridley Scott and the difference between uh, mm-hmm. that and being in Pearl Harbor with Michael Bay. And he's like, well, let's just put it this way. I had one director in one of those movies tell me that it was really important that I had abs. So you tell, <laughs> you tell me which film, which film was better. <laughs> Was it the same director that cast uh, Megan Fox by making her sit on his lap? Because I think yep. that it may have been. It's, it's possible. I don't want to. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah, All right. so that that's a really good cast. That is impressive. Thank you. I, I really. I, although I do, I love the Allison Brie pick, but I think Amelia Clark, and I think it's just because I. Jess and I just started watching Game of Thrones, which mm-hmm. I, have you guys heard of that show? That's a good show. It's a good one. Yeah, I am. Um, I can't I like believe that. we both pulled Amelia Clark. Maybe that's yeah. the right answer. I mean, I've been... That's weird. I, that was my first thought. I've literally watched 15 episodes in the last, like, two weeks of Game of Thrones. And huh. I I really thought, like, she's got the power to do it. Like, she has the confidence and, and kind of commands the screen time a little bit. So I do like her. But Alison Brie's a great pick, too. She would be really good for it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's your, who's your Doug Dorsey? Honestly... I couldn't DB come Sweeney. up with no. I couldn't come up with a good one because, like you said, young Hollywood's a little too pretty. Yeah. And I, I really liked my young Josh Demel was kind of who I was going with. Okay. Like, who, right, whoever cool, cool, that cool. is, um, you took a lot of good ones. I like Jake Johnson, but I was thinking about guys like a younger John Hamm would have been good. Sure. Um, you know, a Jeremy Renner, but all these guys would need to be. Yeah, but they're all older. They're That's all the thing. Too we don't old. have a lot of rugged young we guys don't. out no, there. No, because because even when you look at uh, you know they remade the Han Solo movie and it was yeah. like okay, Alden Ehrenreich is again pretty. Like they're all pretty. Mm-hmm. We don't have Harrison Ford right now. We don't have any of that. No. So until we can get Russell Crowe to go back, I, I think uh, you probably nailed it with Jake Johnson. <laughs> you know, very Russell Crowey. But uh, sure. before before we go though, you got any recommendations for anybody? Yeah. If you're not watching The Magicians, you're doing it wrong. Well, I will say this. If you were somebody who grew up with, like, Narnia, Harry Potter, Buffy, if you were, like, a nerd and you're not watching The Magicians, you're doing it wrong. It's so good. It's such a good show. It's, like, I think it's the best show on television, maybe. I've heard I've heard you mention that on your podcast, like, five times. Multiple times. Yeah. I just... It's just so good. And I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, I couldn't get into it because the first couple episodes are a little slow and the acting is a little uneven. Most of the people on it, actually all the people on it are pretty unknown. So I think they took a little bit to kind of hit their stride. But man, that's the second and third season. I think they've all been great, but really, really the third season was outstanding, that show. And for me, uh, I'm going to stick with sort of the competitive romantic comedy elements so Mm -hmm. if you really like the cutting edge obviously you have to watch blades of glory wimbledon ah (laughs) 
Wimbledon is my next one. Wimbledon is my oh, next no. recommendation. I yes. fucking love Wimbledon. Wimbledon is such a good movie, and it gets no love, love because Richard Curtis has hit it out of the park with so many different films. But mm-hmm. Wimbledon is is an underrated classic. Yeah. Check out Blades of Glory, which is an homage to The Cutting oh, Edge. Oh, like, it's it's clearly a remake of The Cutting Edge. Yeah, and it's hilarious. It's another one of the works of Will Ferrell that I don't think it's talked about enough, mm-hmm. but it's fantastic. And go check out Wimbledon. Aaron, before we get out of here, you want to tell everybody where they can find your podcast? Yeah, and- it's called, if you like romance stories, um, or just like, uh, I don't know, friends chatting, um... I can I can tell you uh, as somebody who doesn't read romance novels, I listen to every episode, and I, Aaron and I are extraordinarily good friends. But it would take more than that to keep me listening uh-huh. uh, every week, and I listen to every <laughs> single one. You don't have to like romance novels. Yeah, uh, she and Melody have a fantastic rapport. It's really fun to listen. It's to. It's fun. We'll tell you a story every week. Um, you can find us pretty much anywhere. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. Uh, Heaving bosoms. Um, yeah, we're on all the social media. You you can if you Google it you're gonna find us so there you go awesome awesome and guys you can always find us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Sigburns Pod like I told you last week we're still working on the website hopefully that's coming up soon and email us anytime Cigarette Burns Podcast thanks a lot guys hey you yes listener you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.